What is up, everybody? Episode 36 of the Will Wonder Pod. I hope you've all been well since the last time we talked. Um, coming to you live from Salt Lake City, where outside my door, the HOA is currently mowing the lawns or pretending to. It seems like they've just been right outside my house for the last hour. Uh, so hopefully you guys can't hear that. If so, I apologize. I'll try to do my best, or I guess I should say producer Kurt will try to do his best in editing to get that all out. You know, you pay $210 and they just the, the HOA doesn't do anything. I'm going to be honest, HOAs are bullshit, at least in my experience. Uh, but anyways, last week I had, I had commented a little bit on how bad the smoke was here in Salt Lake City, but we got quite a bit of rain and uh, wind and it took it all out. So I'm happy to say I can go outside and breathe normally uh, and the, the air isn't chunky and uh, it smells just like, you know, Salt Lake City outside. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but much better than, than the smell of smoke. Um, speaking of that smoke and that rain, it um, canceled, or I guess postponed, one of my son's games. As I had talked to you guys last week about, he had just, you know, his first two games, it was just, he was on the struggle bus for both games, crying, just having a hard time. Well, we get to the third game, uh, which was this last Saturday, and you know we told him, hey, just go out there and have fun. Don't worry about kicking the ball. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Da, da, da. We made some more small goals, and he said, I can do it, I can do it. And we get there, and what does he do but just attach right to my wife's hip. <sighs> so we're sitting there thinking, damn it, not again, because he is a little whiny, not crying like he was before. But then all of a sudden... um, my wife says, do you just want, do you want to go stand by the goal and, you know, I'll stand behind you? Yeah. Boom. He was out there. Kids coming down towards him. He's standing there in the goalie uh, or in the goal and a uh, kid kicks the ball right into his shin guards. Bam. Blocked. Blocked a kick into the goal. Great job. And uh, everyone cheers for him. He gets a big smile. I laugh a little bit because like he didn't even move. It was just perfect the way it all went down. Uh, but then after that, uh, after the half, he got out there and was running around. Actually had two kicks on the ball, so we were making strides. In case you were all wondering and worrying about how he was doing, we're good. We're on our way. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun to watch him. Watch him have fun, you know, and not be scared and screaming and crying. <laughs> uh, what else has happened? Oh, Friday, Kendrick Lamar announced that he will be putting out his last album on TDE and it will be released real soon. And I have never been more excited. Well, I guess I say I shouldn't say never. I haven't been this excited for an album in quite some time. I've been sitting around waiting for the Drake album to come out, thinking, okay, maybe this will be, you know, this will be the album that I'm, you know, most into this year. Who knows? Of course, Kanye's been messing around, stringing his album out, doing all this shit at different arenas. Um, but Kendrick says, hey, I'm releasing an album. And in my opinion, it doesn't matter who else drops this year. Kendrick will have the best album. I've said it a hundred times. He is the best in the game right now. And he is going to more than likely prove it with this next album. Again, don't know when it's coming. Just know it's coming, quote unquote, real soon. 
So excited about that. Uh, Saturday, man, I was dropping shirts all over the valley of Salt Lake City from downtown Salt Lake to Harriman to Riverton to West Jordan. I was all over the place. So most people now should have their shirts, whether they were either shipped uh, in the mail or I dropped them off. I will say, I think the next go around, I'm going to do a huge bulk um, through the mail because, I mean, it is more expensive, obviously, but it's so much easier and people get all their stuff early. So for those of you I haven't met up with, my people out in Magna, we will get that taken care of very soon. Uh, the young OGs, I still need to get them their shirts, but for the most part, everyone has their shirts. So I hope you enjoy them. I'm getting really good feedback. People are liking them. I do have a few extras, so if you're interested in purchasing, just reach out to me um, on the Will Wonder Pod Instagram page, or uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter at DJ Will Wonder. What else is going on, man? This new class I'm 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 in. <clears throat> I've I've said it before. I I either have an A or A minuses in my first four classes. This class is hard as shit. Like I'm doing the work, I'm reading, but the tests have been extremely difficult. And I can't figure out why. Um, I mean, I think I maybe I need to read the material more. But I tell you what, I bombed the first test. And the second test that I just did, I didn't necessarily bomb it, but I didn't do good. So right now I'm sitting with a C plus, probably going to end up being a, a B minus once this other uh, um, section is graded. But whew. I won't be upset when this class ends and I will be happy if I get a B. I'll just put it at that. Um, what else? What else has been going on? Uh, oh, I got to record Friday night, the interview that you're going to hear here shortly with Kay the Dog. It was a, a, a real fun time. We did it at uh, Dre Rocka's All Rock Studios. And man, he's just a, he's a really good dude. Very interesting. Has been through a lot in his life. And, you know, I'm not going to uh, step over the, the interview. So you'll hear all about that coming up. Um, what else? Sunday, I was able to record an NFL preview pod, which you will actually hear, um, next week with hoop, who was on a previous podcast for the NFL draft. And then my good buddy, Robert Chacon. So, uh, I'm excited to release that next week. Other than that, not much else has been going on. So what I wanted to do real quick, I do have a longer interview coming up with Kay the Dog. I wanted to touch briefly on wrestling, pro wrestling, and the state it's in right now. Now, some of you people that listen to this hate pro wrestling. You don't have to stick around. I will obviously have the timestamps in the podcast description. You can go ahead and just fast forward right to Kay the Dog. This will be short, maybe two to three minutes but I needed to talk about it. So, okay. Now, if you're still here, you are interested in wrestling. So let's talk about CM Punk returning to AEW. Um, probably one of the three largest, what we call pops that I've heard. Um, and one of the other ones was also CM Punk in WWE when he came back. Um, the other would be The Rock when he came back years ago. But I tell you what, there's a there's a small small shift in the wrestling landscape with them bringing Punk back over at AEW. AEW has also signed Daniel Bryan and, and from everything I've read, Bray Wyatt, who were two of my favorites in WWE. And you know, they have a lot of really good young talent. I'm not saying that they're going to 
ever in the next year to two years hit the level that WWE is at, but I think it's definitely some competition, which is generally good. You know, WWE has had hits and misses over the past couple of years with really nobody challenging them. So I'm excited for this. The CM Punk return is very interesting. He's always been good on the mic. It'll be interesting to see how he is in the ring. I mean, Daniel Bryan can still go. So when he comes to AEW, once he actually starts, and then if the Bray Wyatt rumors are true, he brings a whole new aspect to AEW. He was my favorite character, whether he was Bray Wyatt or he was the Fiend in WWE the past, I think he's been there eight years now, uh, I believe, maybe even longer than that. So yeah, AEW is on the come up and I'm just May actually get the the next AEW pay-per-view and I can't believe I'm saying that out loud but I might uh SummerSlam was on Sunday or Saturday excuse me as they've moved their uh pay-per-views to Saturday for the time being a couple of notes I have on that the Edge uh Rollins match was really good probably the best match of the night I still don't like Edge by any means it was cool that he came out to the brood entrance they probably just should have stayed with that and then he had his you know his Edge music come on but again, best match of the night was between those two. Uh, I will say this, the SmackDown Women's Championship match was such a shitty way to do things, to change the title. For some reason, Sasha Banks didn't wrestle. I still haven't been able to find out why. I tried to look online. It just says she wasn't cleared. Then Becky Lynch comes back. Obviously, she had a child not too long ago um, and has been... Um, uh, training to come back so she's back she shows up to a, a another pretty big pop and i thought okay they're bringing her back tonight because cm punk came back last night in aew they're trying to combat that she comes down to squash match basically dismantles bianca belair in like 26 seconds and wins the title which is just awful it made no sense to really destroy the bianca belair character that way she, they're she's a really good wrestler they could have had a really good match right there or, or they could have built up to a really good match later in the year at survivor series so i don't know what that was all about very disappointing um <clears throat> not even match a very disappointing moment at SummerSlam. um i will say that bill goldberg <laughs> needs to be done wrestling i was very happy the way the his match turned out with bobby lashley 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 just really beating the shit out of him uh, and then, you know, Goldberg's son comes in and Lashley beats him up, <laughs> um, which means that more than likely this storyline will continue. I hope not, but it is what it is, I guess. I, there must be Goldberg fans somewhere because they keep bringing this dude back, but he can't wrestle. He's older. I didn't think he was a great wrestler before. And man, I, would, I, could, I couldn't have been happier the way that match turned out at the end. Uh, the last match of the night was good enough between Roman Reigns and John Cena. Two really great characters, two of, you know, probably the biggest characters in wrestling. Um, you knew Rain, Reigns would win. I didn't see um, Lesnar coming back at the end of the match, but that was another great return, another great pop. A lot of crazy returns over the weekend. Um, so I'm excited for that storyline going into what I'm assuming would be a match at Survivor Series in November, all leading up at some point to Reigns fighting The Rock, I'm assuming at WrestleMania next year, because it's got to be sooner than later. Anyways, those are my quick thoughts on wrestling at the moment, SummerSlam, AEW. Um, so let's do this. Let's get into the interview with K the Dog right after some words from my guy, Dre Rocka. 
Hey, how you doing there? I just wanted to take a quick second and introduce myself. My name is Dre Raka. That's D-R-E-R-A-W-K-A. Yes, that is my legal first and last name. Don't at me. And I wanted to welcome you to my podcast, two of them. I have The Unrestricted Show with me, Dre Raka, and that's where I get to sit down with some of my friends and we chat about life, we chat about new businesses, just everything with me and my homies. And then I also have my other podcast called The Isolation 20 Podcast, where it is mostly just me and we talk about different things from sports to uh, movies and, of course, the Are You Dumb moment where I give somebody 15 seconds of fame for being completely dumb and, you know, I sprinkle in some pranks in there. We have a lot of fun on that podcast. So definitely come on over and uh, give me a listen. Give me a, a, a try, trial version, if you will. Allrock.com is where you can find me. That's A-L-L-R-A-W-K.com. And I hope you have the day you deserve. All right. I have a very special guest today. A long time coming. Rose Park representer, MC, husband, father. He put out a, a very solid seven-track album last year entitled K on this very date, correct? Yes, sir. Correct. Perfect. Anniversary. Happy anniversary on that. Thank you, brother. Appreciate um, you. And he is working on a new album that's coming out this fall, right? All right, perfect. K the Dog, how are you, my friend? Doing good, man. Good. It's, sure. it's great to actually meet you in person. We've been talking on Instagram, but, you know, I could have been a catfish. You know what I mean? You could have showed up here. I might not even been the same person. <laughs> Some chick named Bethany. <laughs> Look at it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Port Willa. <laughs> Grantsville. We'll see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go, man. man thank oh, you man. for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. So I first heard about you from Dre last year. And, you know, we're mid-pandemic, crazy summer. Everyone remembers what the summer of 2020 was like. And he had sent me um, your album, K. And at the time, Dre would send me a lot of stuff. You know, I had told you before this, I've known Dre for a while. And I was just like, all right, I'll check it out. And I'd put it to the side. Yeah. Three or four days later, I listened to it and I was like, holy shit, Dre, this is really good. Yeah, man. <laughs> that means a lot. Because, I mean, Dre's, Dre's the nicest guy in the world, has the biggest heart, and he loves to spread people's uh, music or whatever they're doing. For better or worse, right? Yeah. So once I, like, again, like I said, once I heard your stuff, I, I was like, this guy sounds real. He sounds, it tripped me out when I found out how old you were, because you, you sound um, a lot older. Not, not in the sense of, like, you sound like an old man, but you, you've been through a lot of shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you can feel a lot of... Geriatric K. (laughs) (laughs) You did come in here in a walker, but I didn't want to put that out out there. (laughs) Hell yeah. But but man, I was really impressed. We're going to get to your your music, but what I would like to do first is, is give my listeners an idea of kind of your upbringing and learn more about you before we dive into the music itself. Yeah. Right? So um, where were you born? We'll start there. Here in Utah. I was born in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, And just lived in a ton of different places throughout Utah. Okay. But Rose Park majorly, yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, um, so I heard on, a, you know, I had done some research. I heard on the Lake Talk 801, uh, you lived in Magna for a minute. Yeah. That's where I grew up. Yeah. I, <laughs> hey, I love Magna, man. I just, I just had some crazy ass experiences over there. And then my family wanted, you know, felt it was best to move us from yeah. up over there. So. 
That's good. Get out of there. You know what I mean? I ain't been back. No, I'm just kidding. I drive by <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, though. Hey, the Magna water's better, though, from what I've been told. Uh, well, I would hope so. When I was growing up, <laughs> like, you put it in the glass, and then you just see things floating. Yeah. As a kid, I didn't notice. I just yeah. drank it. I moved out and came back, and I was like, God damn, this water's awful. Oh, shit. Um, talk to me about your family. So, brothers, sisters, where do you fit in uh, there? Oh, yeah. So, I have... There's nine of us. So Damn. I have, yeah, so okay. I have nine siblings. Um, three are full blood, and then I have, I mean, it's all the same thing, but right. I have, um, um, so yeah, three that are full blood, and then the rest, they're um, stepbrothers, and uh, I mean, sorry, not step, half brothers, like half. half sisters, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's just a, it's a big family. Yeah, that is big. I, yeah. I mean, Parents, man, I, I'm I'm tired with one, bro. So yeah. shout out to your parents for being able to hold down nine children. <laughs> yeah, no, really though. A lot of it was like long distance relationships too. Like my siblings that I had that were the closest to me in age, um, they were like two or four years older than me. You know, grew up in a completely different state. They grew up in California, and we grew oh, okay. up in Utah. So it was like their parent parenting from afar, and or you know whether it was like afar from, or they ended up coming and living out here yeah. for a little bit. So. So um, talk to me about your, your childhood. So you, you said, you know, you're born here in Salt Lake City. You moved around a lot. But, um, you know, as a kid, what was it like for you growing up in Salt Lake City? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, you know, how I grew up was there was just a lot of different, you know, things that took, you know, place in me growing up. And then just like even with all the moves that we had, you know, mm-hmm. when we would move places, it would be because something happened for the most part or something like that. So like when I was in Magna, um, I got stabbed in Magna <laughs> when Jesus. I was in elementary school. Yeah. And so what I got, elementary did you go to? Magna Elementary. Oh, that's a, you should, Pleasant Green. <laughs> that's where I went. You yeah. should have went to Pleasant Green. No, I'm playing. Yeah. Stabbed, really. Yeah. So I got stabbed and it was just like for no reason. Like the kid didn't know who I was. I didn't know who he was. He just Damn. said the hard R and I'm like, what the hell? Wow. Like, okay. Yeah. So he said the hard R and I'm, I'm like, walk up and I'm like, you good? Like, why you like, why do you have to say that? Yeah. And then I just started getting stabbed. And so. Jesus that, Christ. Was, yeah. he, was he your same age? You, yeah. You're in fourth grade. Yeah, fourth grade. That was literally it. Yeah, fourth grade. Wow. Um, That's terrifying, bro. Yeah, and then I had this, you know, pencil just sticking through my arm and just like, mm. my parents were like, all right, we pulling you out. And so that was that instance. But um, what was the trip was we literally left from one situation like that to another. So like went from Magna to Taylorsville. And then, uh, and then I ended up getting dragged with a rope around my neck. Yeah, so it's just like a lot of different. In like, the same, you're still in fourth grade at this time. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I believe I was around the same age, and then my mom, you know, like, she called, um, homicide, and it was like, oh, we can't do nothing or anything like wow. that. Yeah, so it was a trip, like how that all kind of went down, and I just, yeah, it was, it was wild. The kids that did it to me, they were like way older than me. They were like teens or something like that. Damn. But yeah, it's a trip. Like my, you know, how I grew up was just. It was different. Like I had a, I had a good, you know, upbringing. There was like times here and there where I had like crazy shit like that happen. Um, but it was good, man. Like for the most part, like my dad, you know, was a great role model to me. My mom, you know, also, and just like, yeah, like I just worked like since I was 13, like I've worked, I haven't not had a job since I was 13 years old. So damn. Yeah. How, how so when you're, you know, I, I'm going to get to your dad cause I know, um, he was very special to you. Seemed like a really good guy, right? From your music that I've heard and then just following you on Instagram. 
<clears throat> but what does your dad say to you at that age when some shit like that happens to you? Because like me thinking about it as a father, right? I'd yeah. want to kill those kids, but you have to, you know what I mean? You have to be calm. But how, what does your dad say to you when that happens? Do you remember? Man, he would just, because, you know, there's not really much you can say or, or you know, do to prep your kid for what the hell they finna get for into. For that, yeah. Yeah, so like, <clears throat> you know, my dad, he had a lot of shit happen to him too. And so it's just like, you know, just kind of just, you know, letting me know that I shouldn't let that kind of stuff change me. I should still, you know, be the person who's caring, who's giving. And, mm. like, it would just always bring it back to this is who you are. Like, just because they're like that doesn't mean that's have to, you know, you don't have to be the way that they are. Yeah. Like, that's not even them. Like, their kids, like, that shit stems from their parents. Parents, yep. So, like, and then it just, you know, learning a lot of that stuff, I feel like, you know, just being forced to grow up real quick. Like, I feel like that's the reason why you're able to say, you know, when you hear my music, you're able to say that you felt like, you know, it sounded like I was a little bit older. It was yeah. because, you know, there was just things that happened throughout my life that just forced me to grow up. Yeah. So. Damn, that's that's crazy, man. That's intense. Um, whew, boy, that, like, it, that, it scares me just hearing that. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> Jesus. So when you move, when you get out of that situation, you leave Taylorsville, you, you guys move to Rose Park, or where are you at after that? Yeah, so we moved to a few different places. We moved from there to... He's like, I don't even know if they were like low income or what they were, but we lived in these apartments um, on Capitol Hill. Okay. And then we moved into a house. We lived in Rose Park a lot. Like I would say, shoot, yeah. We lived, yeah. So we lived there, bounced in between there in Rose Park. And then if, you know, eventually we moved back to Rose Park and just stayed there for a long period of time. Like, mm. so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So you, um, from your music, I can kind of tell, but today confirmed it when I was uh, looking at your Instagram story and you're shooting hoops. Did you, you played ball growing up? Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so talk to me about that because I talk, obviously talk a lot of sports on this podcast. I love ball. I grew up yeah. playing ball as well. Yeah. So wh- where, did you, uh, where did you play? Did your like, brothers and sisters play? What, yeah. what turned you on to basketball? Yeah, and I love that. I love how much you in the ball, by the way, too. I love going Thank to your you. post and <laughs> like I love interacting with who's going to win. And I'm like, and then I, I'm like, shit, <laughs> I chose the wrong shit <laughs> with Phoenix. I was like, fuck, and they really let us down, man. <laughs> but um, but no, I I mean that's you know side note that uh championship was amazing. Like it was. I, I feel like either whoever won would have been great. But yeah. um, and so the question was. Um, as far as like, what got you into playing ball? Was it like, did you have, did your brothers or sisters play? Or was it just something that you kind of gravitated to? It was just something that I gravitated to. Um, it was mostly because of, you know, my height. Like I just started growing like hella quick. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm the tallest. I mean, at least, yeah, I'm the tallest in my family. Um, besides my uncle and my grandfather, they're both six foot, uh, you know, three and four or five, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're both tall as hell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like on my dad's side of the family, nobody played basketball. My, um, uncle was the only one out of everybody that played basketball. And so just like seeing him, I think play ball and then seeing like some of my cousins, like, you know, they were shorter and they played ball, but it was just, you know, it came a lot more natural to me than it did for them. Yeah. And then it was also the height factor too. And so I started dunking at, you know, 
I believe it was the eighth grade. I started dunking and then, yeah. And then I just, you know, I just got into it and it was just fun. And it's just, but basketball has always been one of those things that I love. And uh, over the years, I've just grown to love watching it more than actually playing it. Right. Because I noticed like, even when I was younger, like I just had more fun, you know, writing. Yeah. Like writing was always, you know, something for me, you know, I just noticed, I mean, it was but the sixth grade when I realized, you know, man, I could really like change the way I feel in seconds. Mm. As soon as like as, as soon as I get done writing something and, you know, it's it doesn't have to be perfect or anything like that. Like, but as soon as I get done writing, it's just the way that I feel afterwards. Like basketball just didn't do that for me. Right. You know, and so that's just that's just yeah, with basketball, I love basketball though. So yeah. like, and I'm a huge LeBron fan. So Okay. So when I said Michael was the best, you were like, I'm bouncing. No, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I love, yeah, I love Mike. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I love Mike. I love LeBron. I think they're both great at what they do and they're both completely different. So there is no comparison. Yeah. I just like to hear what people think, you know. But as far as like, you know, LeBron, like, I mean, I, it just depends on what somebody considers, you know, to be the greatest player ever. I feel right. like when it boils down to it, like, yeah, there's accolades. But if we really go, you know, bring it to that, like, it just takes away from all the real talented players, you know, that play, yeah. you know. And so I just, I don't know. Like, I just feel like it just, it's all personal preference on, like, at the end of the day, it's who do you feel like is the best when it comes down to it's all personal. So Yeah. That's the, you know, it's obviously, you know, talk a lot about ball, about NBA players. And sometimes people are like, why are you so harsh on so-and-so? Like, you're not as good as them. I'm like, well, no shit. Yeah. That's why I'm here talking on this microphone. 100%. Yeah. No, hey, and you're entitled <laughs> to could, your opinion if too. If I shit. could, you know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah. would be playing, but. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you talked about getting into writing. So that's probably um, like an introduction into, what, was this more you were writing raps or was it poetry in sixth grade? What was that? What did that look like? No, so um, when I was doing, you know, when I was writing in um, elementary, it was just, man, I was just, I don't know what the hell I was writing. I, I mean, for the most part, <laughs> it was always like some random, you know, like random things I would write. Like I would just try to put rhymes together or I would try to, well, actually, you know what, what did kick off me realizing how much I wanted to rap was, was um, in seventh grade. And uh I saw one of my peers, um, and I know as soon as I leave the podcast, I'm going to remember what his name was. So, <laughs> But I saw somebody that was in the same grade as me rap, and I was just like, damn, like, I know I can do better than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And it was like, not like to like try to outshine nobody or nothing like that, but I was like, I know that I have it in me to say things and like, you know, talk about things that would have everybody in this room leaving feeling different than they did walking in. Yeah. And so the next year, um, like, well, over the course of, you know, time up at leading up into the next year, like I focused real tough on like, just like becoming a better writer. And so, you know, it, what ended up happening was <laughs> we ended up having a Martin Luther King meet or something like that. And, uh, I wrote for, uh, Martin Luther King. Uh, I ended up writing this, you know, whole verse um for Martin Luther King's day mm-hmm. and uh was just talking about what he did and just like you know what I mean like it just it was like the that was the first meaningful you know rap I ever put together yeah. was for Martin Luther mm-hmm. King and so it was just like I don't know it's just a trip to like see you know how you know things progressed with me writing is just went from me not 
Because I always knew I wanted to write stuff that meant things to people. Mm-hmm. It's just when I was, you, you know, younger, I felt like I was just putting together the, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but I was putting together the ability to be able to even do that. Yeah, just so, getting your getting your toolbox filled up. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, just yeah. sharpening, you know, just sharpening things. And there just, we go. That's a better. That's a better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, I was just trying to figure out, you know, how I wanted to rap because I didn't want to sound like everybody. Yeah. That was the most important thing for me was just, you know, I want to make sure that when I do this, like, I don't, you know, I don't want to bite anybody. I know that people don't care about that now, mm. you know, but I just... <laughs> some people don't care about that now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> some, yeah, some people don't care about it now, you know, but I just feel like, I don't know, like, I feel like it's, it, there, is, there is flattery in, like, copying somebody. Yeah. But, but I feel like it also shows a huge, you know... Lack of creativity. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so that's where for like, for me, it just was like, okay, like I don't want to sound like anybody else that I know. And I've never had one person tell me, I mean, in this whole year, like I've had one comparison in this whole entire year. Other than that, I've never been compared to another artist, but um, that for me was probably, you know, one of my biggest accomplishments Mm -hmm. was not being said, oh, you sound like this person. You sound like that person. Yeah. Like I've had nothing but, you know, I would say easily 90% of the people that I've interacted with, you know, are like probably even more because like I said, I've only had one person tell me I sound like somebody, but for the most part, it's always, oh, your sound sounds original or your sound sounds like different. It sounds like commercial, like it belongs somewhere. Like I had somebody tell me that last week. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's just, that's, that's probably where most of my time was spent like early on writing was just like, how the hell can I be different and how can I sound different? And so to that, I'll show you after uh, we're done recording. I was having a conversation with Dre this morning, excuse me, because he had sent me um, a couple different songs from other people. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? Yeah. And um, I had told him, and I'm not going to name who they are, obviously, but I said, you know, this is cool, but it sounds so like the sound right now. Yeah. And not like this person. Like there's no way this person sounds like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and then I told him, I said, that's the one that's the, the biggest thing that I love about Kay is he sounds like him. I don't know anybody that sounds like him. I appreciate it. Yeah. So it's funny. It's just funny that you were saying that. I'll show you after we're done here, the text conversation between me and Dre, but I was like That's wild. I was yeah, just this morning too. I was sitting there in my basement with my son. He was like Fucking up some dinosaurs hitting each other, and me and Dre were talking about that. Yeah, but uh, okay, yeah, that's that's just really weird that, that you bro. said that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I believe in omens, bro. I, I believe that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and it's same. just like with this whole year, it's just crazy to just reflect back, you know? Because when I first dropped K, I didn't plan on anything that's happened happening like i just thought i was gonna put out a tape Mm -hmm. and it was just gonna you know maybe catch a couple ears and like i just i didn't anticipate it catching over even a hundred (laughs) thousand ears i didn't anticipate you know being given any of the attention that i've been given it's just like when i dropped it it's just i was in pain you know so it was just like i don't know how to explain it it's just like it was a trip because last year was the worst year i've ever had in my life but it was also the best year i've ever had in my life because i really got to do what i love yeah you know so that's crazy we're, we're gonna get to k we're gonna get to k i have a lot of questions about k and, and the process that you did going into that but we're gonna we're uh and then we'll jump around too we, yes, we're sir. obviously gonna jump around but so um k you're writing um junior high school 
what got you into uh, hip hop as an art form, right? Like, like for me, I'll tell you, I was five, six, and my brother was playing Public Enemy. Yeah. Uh, Fear of a Black Planet. That's the first thing that I remember hearing where I was like, wow, this doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard. I'm, I'm six, right? Yeah. Doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard to this point, <laughs> yeah. but I still love it. Like I, I'll still listen to that album, and there there really hasn't been anything to me still that sounds like that. Yeah. But but what got you into to hip hop as a whole? Not necessarily just writing, but just love of hip hop. Damn. Um, shoot, a lot of I would say you know a lot of it was my cousins, and and you know when I would go around them, they'd be playing a lot of rap, and even my dad. Um, but I think what made me want to rap was when my brother gave me, uh, he gave me a, a sugar free, yeah, he gave me a sugar free tape. Sugar free? Yeah, sugar free. Okay. And then, so yeah, he gave me a sugar free tape. And then, um, I, I was like, I knew a murdered his name right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, he gave me a sugar free tape and then, uh, gave me a Jeezy. So it was sugar free and Jeezy were on this like, you know, burnt CD that oh, he okay, had. Oh, okay, yeah. And so... You know, I I listened to both of them, and I was just like, damn, like, this sounds like, you know, my dad would listen to Ice Cube. My cousins would listen to, like, Snoop or, like, yeah. you know, like, Backpack, you know, rap. And mm-hmm. just, like, all these different, you know, like, kinds of rap. And then, you know, Jeezy and uh, Sugar, uh, Sugar Free. Free. That, those are two different, yeah. two very different sounds. Yeah. yeah. And so, like... I think that well, what made me want to rap, though, from that, what, it wasn't necessarily them because i've been listening to rap right but it was like just seeing how much rap like how much my older brother loved rap Mm -hmm. and uh he and i we didn't have the luxury of growing up together and so you know i mean he like was there when i was like little but you know he ended up moving back to california and so you know seeing how much it actually meant to him to see you know well to listen to rap and just like he was pointing out things here and there to me or like I saw him like rapping the song back and just like all these different things like that I like was paying attention to when he uh, gave me the tape and then he ended up giving it to me. Um, but it was just like how he interacted with, you know, the music. And I was just like, damn, like, like I want to, you know, especially my loved ones, I want them to be proud of what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, I want my older brother and I to have a relationship. And so that's how it initially started was, you know, if I can start rapping, you know, like maybe me and my brother will have more to relate on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like maybe mm-hmm. we'll be able to relate more with each other on, you know, like, you know, certain things. Cause there was a, there's a big age gap okay. between me and my older brother. And so he's 39, I'm 25, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just like cultural difference, like all these different things. Like he grew up in LA and I, well, he grew up in California in general and I didn't, yeah. you know, but it was just like, where can I find a connect? And it, you know, with music, I found the connect. Like I would be able to send him stuff or just like, you know what I mean? And this, project that i have now like i sent him this song um and he's so sure that this song that i sent him is gonna have me blow up but that's why i'm like i'm just excited because you know um it's like i found the thing that i you know that i well i found and i've been able to do the thing that i love doing you know and it's just like that moment like is really what brought me to all this that's dope yeah Yeah. that's really cool it's so many people that I talk to, everyone has their own story about, um, you know, how they fell in love with hip hop, especially, you know, obviously we all, when I talk to artists, but it's all, it's always interesting because it usually, I would say probably 80% of the time comes from an older sibling. 
Yeah. You know, so that's really cool. And obviously you guys are, are closer now. You said you sent them some yeah. music and yeah, yeah. it's good. From the new, yeah, for the new tape. So That's good. Uh, and I have the new tape uh, bootlegged and uh, it's great. <laughs> no, <I'm playing. laughs> yeah. You can't even bootleg shit anymore. It's not like, the, you know, the late 90s or the 2000s. Man, but, that's a trip. So, so you, uh, when did you decide to start taking, so you've been writing this whole time, right? Yeah. When did you decide to start taking rap seriously? Like, this is what I, I want to work towards. This is what I want to do, right? Because if you're, if you're a kid and you're writing, I, th- I feel like a lot of kids do that. And at some point, you stop, right? Whether it be like, suck, right? Or you just don't think it's a viable thing for you to do. Or you find other interests. But what made you stick with it and then decide this is what I want to do? So... When I, so, all right, so what had happened was when I first um, did music, I did it, and then I stopped doing music in 2015, and then okay. I just, you know, I just didn't see, you know, there was, there was, like, artists that I would look up to, and I'm like, oh, they're still here, and they're doing this, like, so, mm. you know, and then I was just, like, also at the time, like, you know, my relationship with my wife was growing, and that's what I was more focused on, and then I was also more focused on you know, uh, my career at my job that I currently had and just all these different things, like just started playing a role, you know, and just like where I was going with my life. And, um, a big thing that played, like, like took a place, like for me to get back into it was, um, like, and take it serious was when Nip died. I feel like, Mm. so like when Nipsey died, I feel like that's when I took it like to heart because I always like, I, you know, I always like looked up to him, idolized him. And so for me, like when that happened, I was like, man, like, like, you know, one of the realest people that are out here doing this shit, you know, from like beginning to end, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, his whole, I have a a quick Nip story I want to share with you. So I, as I told you, I was in a group. <clears throat> and we uh we had the opportunity to open up for Nipsey and Game on the LAX. It had to be the LAX tour at uh Saltaire. And we get there for sound check. I do the sound check for the for the DJ and they're like, Hey, would you mind just DJing until uh the first act comes on? And I'm like, Oh, of course not. Like this is dope. There's gonna be a lot of people coming in. Yeah. Well, the group it was me, um, my guy Steady, and then um his cousin K and P. And we had a friend with us who was like throwing out our CDs. He was videotaping little Mikey. He was like 18 at the time. Yeah. Um, and then they dis- we, were, we were going on second to, so it went um, game headline, obviously then Nipsey, Chino for real, us, and then a couple other people before us. Yeah. And um, I'm DJing and I'm like, where the hell are these guys? And they come back and they're like, we were on Nip's bus. He took pictures. He was cool as hell. He, he gave a uh, little Mike t-shirts to sell yeah he said here here's 20 shirts just bring back the money after yeah so little mike went and sold the shirts i think he sold like 15 of them yeah came back to give nipsey the money nipsey's like no just keep the money just give me the extra shirts and then take one for yourself oh man and this is like this is hustle in the house nipsey hustle yeah like you know uh had to be 2009 i think is when lax came out because we hadn't put out our album we had a mixtape so i think it was 09 yeah and um you could tell he was so real just from them talking about it, like yeah. when we were there before the, the U.S. Marshals were there looking for somebody that was going around with Nipsey because he was wanted for like four murders. Oh, wow. And they were just like, no, he's not with us. You could tell he was about that life, but also at the same time was really, really Poor focused. Jolin. Yeah, and he was focused on moving forward and like creating a business and, and creating something where his people could all eat. 
and yeah. live off of that, his family going forward. You know what I mean? I mean, at that time, he was very, very young, and but you could see that he had that focus. Yeah. But anyways, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want no, to No, no, no. I yeah. appreciate that you did because, that, I mean, that just goes into, so like my cousin, he actually helped build the marathon store. Oh, okay. And yeah. so he got to be around him, you know, uh, you know, enough times to like actually experience, you know, who he was. And that whole story is like a long, crazy story with just how that, you know, so, mm. but um, I do want to get into it because it's, it's a trick because yeah, yeah, yeah. it plays into all of this. So before... My so when I was younger, when I started rapping, you know, like my uh, dad had brought this cousin out um, with my uncle, okay, and they helped my dad with this uh, show that he would put together for the community. It was three; it, well, he did it three years, uh, I believe, in a row, mm-hmm. and um, it was called Riverfest. Okay, but it was where he would bring locals all together, like vendors, mm. retail, anything, like anything that you know uh, could provide some like you know, resourcefulness to like the neighborhood to yeah. Rose Park. That's what he was trying to bring in. Even wow. from Glendale, he would try to bring everybody over and, you know, put the communities together and, you know, grow like organic foods, all these different things. And so in local music, everything. And so what was the trip was I remember the first time I rapped in front of this cousin. Right. And, uh, he was just showing me nothing but love. Like, you know, I, I sucked ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I sucked ass. You know what I'm saying? But but for a, for a seventh grader with no, you know, mentor or nothing, like, you know, I wasn't that bad, but right. I definitely could use some work, you know? Sure. And so what was the trip about that whole thing was, you know, there was that interaction, you know, and then he ended up uh, going back to Cali and then we hadn't talked for all these years. Like all these years, and then so he ended up, he ended up, you know, coming back to Utah for my dad's uh, celebration of life when he passed, mm-hmm. and it, I hadn't talked to him in all these years since then. But you know, he came over. He ended up staying at the house with us, and uh, was just like, man, like you, like you still rapping? Like what? Like what are you doing? And I was like, no, nah, man, like I stopped. Like I just, I haven't got, you know, I haven't wanted to get back into it. And he's like, what? Like why? Like you know, yeah. I showed him this song, and he's like, you should keep going. And then, but I told, you know, I told him I was like, man, like I would, but I don't have no sense of direction. Like I don't know. Like I wouldn't even know where to start. You know, like mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know where to start with just like getting into performing places and just doing things. And so he literally sat down with me and wrote this entire list. Like he wrote like ASCAP, like oh, Distro okay. Kid, like yeah. all these different things. And he would like the first thing he put on there though was an LLC. And um uh was just like put down all these different things that I should be doing. And so literally like I started doing I did one and then I'm like, damn, like, all right, if I'm gonna do this, like I really gotta do this shit. Yeah. And so I got serious, like, this is a year ago, probably, you know, this is probably a year and a half ago, like, now, where I was just like, damn, like, you know, if I'm going to be serious about this, like, I really got to, you know, get all my legal shit in order and get and make sure that I'm doing this shit right, Mm because I don't want to get burned later on. So, I started, you know, getting out this notepad that he wrote all these different things on, I started checking off all this shit, and then, um, you know, like, but but what was crazy was was I started writing when my dad was dying, like when he was dying, like when I when I found out that he was like in the past. That's when I was like, man, like I'm gonna you know put something together, you know. And so I started writing all these different things, and it was just crazy because the timing. He had just shown up. I was starting to write stuff, 
you know, and just like, it just, it was nuts. Like just thinking about how that all, you know, played together. But what was the trip was he was actually, you know, he actually knew Nip, knows his photographer. I had the opportunity to talk to his photographer mm. a couple of times. And then uh, even Jay Stone, like that was just like a trip, like, you know, saying what's up to him and uh, seeing that my cousin like helped him even build his studio. It was just like a trip, just like knowing that the person that I looked up to the most, like so much, in fact, that the people that I used to work with, like one of them drew me a Nipsey Hustle like picture because they wow. knew how much he meant to me. Yeah. Like I like I shed it like real tears, like when I seen well, when I heard about him passing. So like it hurt a lot. And just to know that the artist that I looked up to the most had a relationship with my cousin and my cousin was actually able to relay over like just what he experienced with him and just like me going throughout this process is just, it's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. When, 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 when Nip, uh, was killed, it kind of had a similar effect to, on me as well. Like I loved his music. I had loved his music. I had loved his mu- movement, but I didn't realize how much, um, I, I had, I was into him like as a human being. Yeah. Right. And then when he passed, I was just like, fuck. Yeah. Like, it's it really a huge it, loss. Yeah. Because if you think about again what he what he's done for his community after yeah. getting on, right? All the all the artists that he's helped, and he was still so young. And Victory Lap to me was just like a flawless album. Yeah. Because that's his first, you know, major release, right? Yeah. So it's like, uh, he's just gone too soon, man. And, yeah. and then you you hear the stuff that has come out afterwards as far as songs and stuff he had been working on. And it was like, man, he was just, he was going to go to the moon. That, stories, everything, just yeah. like, it's just a trip because I felt, you know, when that happened, I felt like I had already been on the train. And just to see all this, you know, I'm just like, where was all this love for him before? That's you the know? bad thing. Man. But I get it, like, but then it's like, you know, like, I shouldn't be saying that because it's... If somebody wants to show love, you shouldn't get in the way of that. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I never made a post like, oh, where was this at? Yeah. When it, you know what I mean? That's why I never did that because showing love is showing love. Like, yeah. whether it was before or after, like, you know. And then also, too, we never know what each other are feeling or what means, you know, what right. to the next person. And so, you know, but yeah, he definitely, like, had a huge, you know, impact on just, like, you know, when he passed, I was like, damn. Like, I was like, you know, I, I feel like I can, you know be that to my community. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like my dad, he did so much for the community, you know, and then I like, since I've started doing this, like I've been able to do a lot for the community and I like, I want to do more. Like there's so much more yeah. stuff that I want to do. Um, but like, that's where like when I, when, you know, the thing that I felt like made me, you know, point him out and have him be the artist that I'm like, man, like this is who I want to, you know, be like is because in terms of like a good human being, like, was just like, you know, just his path. Like, I grew up, like, selling incense door to door, Mm. you know, or, like, cutting lawns and shit, you know what I'm saying? Just to, like, buy myself, like, clothes and shit, you know what I mean? And so it's just, like, that dedication to get yourself where you need to be. I feel like that's, you know, what made me go. Nip is who, the artist that I look up to the most, Yeah, you know, and he's the reason why I want to do this shit is because he was so real, just, like, from the the stories people say about him, just all these different things, like, you know what I mean? That's, I don't, I don't think I'll like, I'm not saying that I want to be exactly like him, mm. but I'm saying like, you know, there's things about him that stick out to me that make me go like, this is what I want to do. Like, yeah. this is like, I have to do this. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no other choice. That's dope. He, 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 he was such a unique artist and he was, um, I mean, he obviously gone too soon and it, it's, it's sad because you get artists that, 
you know, for whatever reason, uh, especially with, um, I don't want to say newer rappers, but that's kind of what it is. Like guys that are on the internet a lot doing mm-hmm. dumb shit, like things happen to them, right? For one reason or the other. But Nip was just like, he seemed so focused, still taking care of the people that he came up with. And it seemed like almost like he, um, I don't want to say like he was untouchable, but like he was to the point where everyone respected him yeah. and nothing was going to, but so when that happened, it just, it, it, just, caught, it was just out of nowhere. It yeah, was like, wow. That shit was crazy. And that's, that's, yeah, that's what blows my mind is you could do so much and just like all it takes is one decision for somebody to yeah. take it all away. But yeah, man, it's a trip. And he did, you know, he did more than enough for, you know, the community and just the world. You know, he did so much, man. And it's just, you know, we were blessed to have an artist like that that we could look up to. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you had touched on uh, your dad. I want to get into your pops now. So, again, just from hearing, hearing your music and seeing your posts, he seemed just like a very stand-up, good human being. You talked about him putting on... Um, what what was the name of the it was Riverfest Riverfest in yeah. in Rose Park, so just talk to me a little bit about your dad like where was he from, and and then that Riverfest stuff how did he if you remember how did he decide that that's something he wanted to do Yeah, so he was from California he's from Crenshaw so um, that's another reason why all that shit's crazy to me but yeah. um, with the Riverfest. So what made him decide he wanted to do that was just the lack thereof. Like there wasn't really anything like that going on. And so he also wanted to, you know, help the community uh, in an economical way. He wanted to, you know, also, you know, have everybody eating right. Like he was on this, you know, journey of his own where he was, you know, eating well and, you know, taking care of his body and just like taking it real serious. And he just wanted to, show other people that they could do the same. And so it was an opportunity for him to bring organic, you know, foods and, you know, stuff like that into the neighborhood. And then also like give local artists a stage to perform on. Like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with sick Lake music, yeah, but like they were one of the artists. Um, and then like Steezy boy records, it was like a lot of different, sure. you know, what, uh, what years was this? I, I, do you remember? I think it was, it was 10, 11, 12, I believe, okay. or it was 11, 12, 13. Okay. But yeah, it was like that frame. And so, you know, I'm like little, but I'm like watching my dad put all this stuff together with his, you know, two closest friends, Jordan and Kay. And, um, you know, I just seen how, you know, involved he was with just everything. And like the thing about my dad that I feel like I take from the most is just how he interacts with people. Like, and I feel like the incense, like him selling incense really gave me, you know, a good idea as to who my dad is. Like, my dad was, like, the most, like, caring human being that I could possibly, you know, like, and all bias aside, like, it's just, and, and, you know, obviously there's a lot of bias with it, but, like, yeah. you know, seeing, like, how he would interact with people, and he never, like, was, like, trying to get one over on nobody, you know what I yeah. mean? And that's the, the one thing that I was like, damn, like, my dad could take an L, but he knows if he did something right by somebody, like that's what matters the most. Mm -hmm. Like that's like, even if somebody cut a corner on him or some shit like that, he wouldn't let that change who he is. He would actually, he would, he, instead it would make him go harder. You know what I mean? And actually like do everything he can to make sure that I'm good and my siblings are good and my mom's good. Like, and so that's why I like the working two jobs or the three jobs or like, you know what I mean? And just like sticking to what I love and being who I am as a person and not folding for, whatever, like, you know, that's where a lot of that comes from is, is him, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why I wanted to do music mostly though, is because 
I feel like I'm gonna be. A, I feel like I can keep his, you know, legacy alive and who he was alive through it. So, yeah. your, your your track, remember, like when you Appreciate listen that. to it, like it's. <sighs> I sent so that. I sent my guy um, Mike Martinez. He he was in the group with me. His name was Steady Rock. We still call him Steady. But I said, tell me what you think about this guy. And he was like, holy shit. He's like, where's he Damn. from? He said, where's he from? Damn. And uh, I get that shit a lot. And he, I, that's just, it's, I don't know, it's crazy. Well, because there's a, there's a, and again, we're going to bounce all over. There's a very certain stigma about um, Salt Lake artists, rappers from Utah, right? Like, especially if you're not from Utah, you know. But uh, I, mean, I, guess, I guess that's neither here nor there. But Remember's a great song. You can tell that you and your dad had a very strong uh, bond. And then again, like you just said, you learned a lot from him. I want to take, go from there and talk about your daughter. Right. So, uh, you have a young daughter and what, what, when you, when you had your daughter, what changed in you? Cause I mean, for everybody, every father, it's different. Right. Yeah. But what changed in you when you had your daughter from, uh, how you were before to that moment and then how you are now? What's crazy is I feel like with that whole situation with my daughter is I feel like my dad did a really good job prepping me to become, you know, a father, like, he, he, you know, he was the the one I would go to for, you know, like financial. If I was struggling or if I was trying mm. to figure something out, he would show me how to make things happen. You know, he would show me, OK, if you're struggling financially, you go out, you get your ass up, and you go sell some incense or or you figure something else out that'll work. You you know what I'm saying? You'll probably have to get rid of things that you, you that you like to do to make sure that, you know, yeah. your well-being is straight. And so there was things like that. There was his work ethic that he, you know, imprinted on me. He had me going to, you know, work two jobs, like, and not even saying he had me go to, but he helped me get two jobs when, you know, I was younger. I was, when I was 13, I worked two jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even after that, like, even leading up to, you know, 18, I think I had, yeah, I had two jobs from 13 to 18. And Damn. then it was just like, yeah. And then it like ended up being two full times after that. But it was just like, I don't know. It's just a lot of different things that he did. And I paid real, you know, close attention to how my dad would move yeah. and just the things he would say and how he would talk to people, interact with people, treat people, all these different things. And especially like with us, like he just made sure when, you know, when we needed him, he made himself available. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that for me personally, and I mean, for even my siblings, you know, reminiscing back on just like what he did for each of us, like that was the thing that mattered the most mm-hmm. was not being, a, a, you know, an opinionative, you know, dad, it was a listening dad. Yeah. You know, he wanted to hear anything we had to say, you know, and he would make sure it was like, I mean, he would give unsolicited advice and shit here and there. Sure, yeah, all dads do. <laughs> but like, <laughs> he would always like, he would always also like lead into it with just like, know it, like, you know, reassuring us that his best interest is our interest. And so, you know, that's what I felt like really helped a ton was just like the nurturing, you know, from him and just knowing like, you know, if I'm going to be, you know, even close to what, you know, my dad was to me, like the best thing I could do is be, you know, just nurturing and understanding and be a listening father and not a opinionated, you know, and push my agenda on my kid. Cause sure. she's going to, I mean, already she's growing up completely different than I did, you know, yeah. and that's a result of my father doing all he can for me to be in this situation. And so I feel like what changed was, you know, actually having a kid, that's what actually changed. But 
I feel like the skill set and just, you know, a lot of the different things that I've, you know, like I had because, you know, my dad gave that, you know, my mom gave that too, you know, it's just those that, that really, you know, helped a ton with just like being ready for becoming a father. So it's dope. How old your daughter? She's three. Ugh. Yeah. That's how old my son is too. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah. She's a lot, man. She's a, she's a, she's got personality for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Three-year-olds do not give two shits. No, not at all. (laughs) No, she just took all the hair off of our cat. (laughs) The other day we, we woke up and I was like, what the hell happened to the cat? It has this big ass line just across its side just missing of hair and I was like what the hell <laughs> but yeah she just yeah she don't care but she's a she's a good kid though she's really genuine it's crazy like just seeing how I mean kids in general are pure but yeah. you know it's just a trip to see like how she interacts with just people like it's mm-hmm. just she's always like hi hello like she'll be like that's good morning yeah. or like it's just it's just a trip like and that's one thing that I love to do with people that I get a lot of shit for is like I say good morning to people in text or yeah. like good evening or after like good afternoon. And that's something that I got from my dad and my cousin, like really pushing that on me um, was just like being like when you're talking to people, treat them like people first, you know? Yeah. And so it's just a trip because it's like you could like I could just see my daughter like I, I say it during the in the morning, I'm like, good morning. And then, like, now she says it to me without even having to say it to her first. It's just, I don't That's know. Cool, it's a man. beautiful thing. That's one thing I need to do better at because uh, I've know i noticed that with you. And Dre is, is similar. He'll, you know, good morning, good afternoon. And Joe Baca is the same way. And uh, my problem is, is, like, I reach out to somebody, and in my head I've been, I've been having a conversation with, with them this, already yeah. about <laughs> what I want to talk. So I'm like, hey, on a Thursday, are you? And I'm like, fuck, I didn't even say hi. Yeah, no. And then I'm like, damn, why am I that way? No, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I do the same shit. So, yeah, you're yeah. good. Like, I, there's time. Like, I'll even, like, they'll see the message, and I'll delete that shit and put the good morning <laughs> back in there. Because <laughs> I'm like, man, like, I just have to, like, put that shit in there. Even if I notice it later, I'm like, I'm like, my, and I'll even say it too, my apologies for not saying good morning first and foremost. Like, and then they're like, you ain't even have to do all that. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just, I just, you know, I feel like it's, you know, I want people to know that I see people for people first. So Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And that's a good way to go about your business from now on. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's um, one thing that, that I would always tell, especially back when I w- we were heavy doing music is like, um, a lot of people would say, how do you get on these shows? How do you keep doing these shows? I say, well, just ha- like run this like a business. You know what I mean? Treat people how they should be treated, but run it like a business and just have focus and, and just be a good person and, and yeah. shit will come to you. So Yeah, and it makes sense. Like when you look at the people who are in our community that are doing so well, mm-hmm. like they have those traits where yeah. they're very respectful, they're polite, they're kind, you know, like Juggy, E-Rock, mm-hmm. Dre. You know, and like you said, uh, Joe, and then it's just a ton of different people that, you know, I've come across that like are really doing shit out here. And I'm just like, it makes sense why they're in the position that they're in is because, you know, they're able to hold themselves to that standard and also like, you know, project like positivity and, you know, who doesn't like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Real quick, I wanted to touch on one thing before we get into or just then we'll just strictly get into music talk. All right. But um, so you are married. How how long you been married? Shit, we've been married. <laughs> I believe I believe we've been married for four years. Four years. My okay. wife's gonna kill me. No, I it's okay. That. I mean, we'll just. You know. <laughs> we were actually talking about that shit the other day. We were like, 
How long? And she was like, oh, I think we've been married for this long. I, I think we've been married since 2017. So, yeah, it'll be, okay. it, this. yeah, this is four years. Hey, once you have a kid, you forget. I, I mean, I forget, like, to brush yeah. my teeth sometimes just because I have yeah. a three-year-old. So hey, don't no, even real. Because you're brushing their teeth, and yeah. then you don't even think and you're about like, it. Mm, did I brush mine? And it's like, damn, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. <laughs> so you guys have been married four years now. You've known her growing up? Yeah, so yeah. I've... I seen my wife the first time I seen her was on a, a bus at um, Brand Middle School. Wow. And I knew, like, it's crazy as shit. Like, but I told my friends right then and there, I was like, if I ever had a chance to, I was like, I don't even know who the fuck she is, but I would marry her. <laughs> like, straight up. <laughs> and so, but it was just crazy because when I actually had the, you know, the opportunity of, you know, being able to actually, you know, find out who she is mm-hmm. and what she's about. I was like, damn, like, not only are you, like, fucking gorgeous, like, but, you know, like, literally you're everything I want in a person, you know, like, to spend the rest, you know what I mean? Like, you have all the qualities, like, you know, and that was just what I knew then as, like, a, you know, as a kid, but as we're just, like, getting older, you know, it's just crazy to see, like, damn, like, I really got lucky, like, you know, not everybody gets to, like, look and be like, oh, like, you know, I want to be with this person. Yep. You know, and then it actually ends up happening and then not even just like end up happening, but the person is actually everything that you could have, you know, hoped for and more. Yeah. You know, and so that's just how that whole situation played out with me and my wife. Especially at that age. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I found my wife, uh, obviously, I mean, not late in life. I'm still in my 30s, but later, yeah. late 20s. I was going to say, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my 50s, you know what I mean? I got to, you know, I'm going to be here for a minute. <laughs> But yeah, no, I I feel you. That's that's a uh, that's really cool. And she she seems to hold you down real well. You yeah, know, you're working a lot, and um, that's dope. Yeah, um, she really steps up to the plate. Like for example, with the with the podcasting, like I'll forget to mention stuff here and there, and she'll just like, you know, she does. She doesn't ever make it a big deal. She just remind me like like communicate. Like, yeah, that's like that's the most important thing. I feel like you know I've learned in being in a relationship oh, is one. just communicating. You know. Yep. And so that was like that's I feel like is is the most important thing just in any relationship at all period yeah. is communication. Especially, so. I mean, especially with your wife, especially with the toddler. Yeah, like me and my wife now, like I'll text her stuff randomly throughout the day. Hey, I'm texting you this now because I don't want to forget about it. Yeah, later. Yeah, and uh, she, my wife gives me shit. I tried to get this app <laughs> right. This app called it was called FamCal Family yeah. Calendar. Yeah, and she was like, listen. I'm not going to put something in here. So we have a we have a calendar in our kitchen <laughs> and we write down everything like if I'm like I am doing a podcast at this yeah. time, bam, it's right there or like our son has a soccer game, boom, everything's on the calendar. Yeah. I need so, to get better at that shit. Yeah. That's what I want to do too though. I want to do that with the email and a calendar because I feel like that'll just yeah. that way I can know for a fact I you know, I it's put it there. in there and we, yep, we, yep. I know that. I'm telling you, man, Hov, <laughs> download the fam cow, babe. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> I'm going to have to get that out from yeah. you afterwards. I deleted clutch. it because she don't even use it. Fam you know, cow. Yeah, I just wrote it down on the, down the real, on the paper calendar now. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. So we talked about K earlier. It's been one year since you dropped it. Um, seven really, really solid songs. I, I love all the songs. I think, um, I think. Remember is my favorite because it's very, um, I mean, they're all personal. You can tell, but that's a very, very personal, real song. I love Rollback. I love Last Breath. It's crazy to see Bobby where he's at because I, we did shows with his dad. Yeah. Right. And I remember we got out of it and I remember seeing 
uh, B-side doing song, uh, a mixtape with Bobby. I think it was like Five Heartbeats or something like that way back then. Uh, green Light? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. Green Light. So it was uh, Barber. We had Barber on our album, Kiss B, whatever he fucking calls himself now. That's my guy, though. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> he, uh, Let's go. Funny story about Barber. When we first started doing music, and this was like early Twitter days. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what night it was, but it was like a Tuesdays or Thursday nights. He would get on there and just talk shit. Yeah. About everybody. And I'd get on there like, please don't talk shit about us. And he wouldn't. He'd always show love to us. But he would, he didn't care who it was. Like, yeah. the biggest guys in Salt Lake musically, he would clown on them. Yeah. And that's what, man, Barber was fearless back then. But, uh, but yeah, all those dudes, Greenlight. So that was uh, Barber, B-Side. Um, uh, oh, shit. I'm getting older and I'm forgetting names now. Bobby. Bobby, Bobby came a little, obviously just a little bit later, but it's dope to see Bobby now because he's really, really good at his craft, similar to you. Um, and just, you know, besides his dad, which is just a trip. Yeah. B was, B was dope. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure he still messes around from time to time with hip hop, but, but anyways, back to K. See, I go on these tangents sometimes and then you gotta reel me back in. No, nothing but respect for those two. Like for sure. Like. Yeah, Bobby's my dog, man. I remember when I first started trying to take it serious. Mm-hmm. And I say trying because that's when I, it was like around the time I stopped. But Bobby and I, we actually have a song together that we haven't, I mean, we released it and that shit blew up. Like it was, mm. it's crazy. Like I can't remember exactly how many plays that shit had, but like we dropped this song on SoundCloud. Like, and it wasn't Last Breath. It was a song that Bobby wrote, but he had me hop on there. And uh, as a feature, and that shit was like, damn. Yeah. That was like, it was 2015, but we had like, I want to say it was like 40 plus K like streams. Damn. Like, I want to say it was like, it was like crazy. That shit like out of nowhere. It was, I was like, what the fuck? Like, and, and he too, like, I was just, I don't know. It was just a trip. It was dope. It was dope to see how that played, you know, and just like, you know, create that relationship with him early on. And I already knew when I made Last Breath, like, exactly who was going to be on mm. that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't know, it's a trip. So, so talk to me about making K, because that's the one thing. So there's seven songs, right? I'm sure you made more. You put seven songs on there. Yeah. So, um, and I, I, if I remember correctly, Bobby's the only feature? Yeah. Yeah, so, so talk to me about that. Was that something you, you wanted to keep it very, very slim on features or is that just how it turned out when you put out the seven song yeah so yeah i'm not big on features i feel like you know a lot of people you know will put whoever i don't know how to explain it but like people will just grab people and just like help fill their tape and shit like that you know what i mean but i really wanted to come out letting people know like like i can write and i can you know do a whole song by myself Mm -hmm. and make a good song you know a great song you know, on my own. And that's, you know, that was like, the goal was like, I want to show what I can do. Yeah. Like, this is like, I nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows who K is. So let me show people who I am, you know? And then, you know, later on down the line, like when we, you know, when, as time goes, like, you know, we'll have features, you know, here and there. But yeah, yeah with um, K, like making that entire tape, like it was just a trip because, when I wrote that entire tape, I was just going through it. Like, mm-hmm. it was just, like, crying every night, like, you know, just trying to figure out how to keep myself going because I just didn't see, you know, me 
live and be on my dad, you know? Yeah. And so it's just like, damn, like I just, you know, it just made more sense not being here than it made sense being here. Mm. And that's where I was like focused so much on writing is because that's always been a thing for me to lean on when I was going through shit. And so yeah. there was that, my wife, you know, but there's only so much, you know, the wife and the kid and just everything, you know, like there's certain shit that you have to straighten out with yourself. Right. You know, and so for me, like the writing really like gave me a sense of direction because I felt completely lost. But when I was like going through making music, what I like was going through also was learning how to do the shit, you know, a lot better than I was before. Like, and just making decisions that people weren't familiar with. Like, it was just, like, certain shit, like, like I refused to put my music on SoundCloud mm -hmm. just because the stigma with that. Like, sure. it's just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and so, like, as soon as you go, oh, check out my SoundCloud, what's the first thing? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And so it's just certain shit that I, you know, was like, I'm going to do it this way, and if somebody doesn't fuck with that, I don't give a shit. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and then it's, like, it's just, that's how I felt, like, with a lot of different things. But, like, when I first dropped K, like, I didn't have, any expectations you know when i was writing k i didn't have any expectations i didn't give a shit about what somebody thought about you know me or how i wrote or how i felt or what i was putting out like it was just like i know that i'm writing this to help myself first and foremost because i need it the most yeah right now and um also i wanted to you know kind of hold on to who i was prior to my dad passing so I was like, the best way I could even fathom doing that is put how I feel now onto a tape and then also talk about what I'm losing or talk about what I've lost or talk about what I've gained, mm -hmm. you know, throughout all this and put it onto a tape. And so that's where you'll get like every day, like every day was, I literally wrote that song two days after my dad died. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, it was crazy because leading up to that, like, like I was helping my dad, like all the way through him up until he passed. And that was just like, it was a trip just to see like this man, like that I like, you know, like your dad is your superhero. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like just seeing like him, just like, like not even be able to control like his fluids or any of that shit. Like it was just insane to just see my dad progress until, you know, eventually that happened. But when I wrote every day, what inspired me to write that was the working so much since I was little, like mm -hmm. the watching him work or put on shows or go to festivals to sell incense so he could pay, you know, rent at wherever we were staying or, right. you know, all these different things. And so that's why, like, in every day, you know, in that song, you'll hear me talking about me owning a home because my dad didn't get to. Mm -hmm. Like, and I ended up buying a house, yeah. you know, and then me talking about, you know, how I feel about my wife, you know, because she was, like, you know, really fucking, you know, rooting for me when nobody else was, when nobody, you know, knew about me or knew about what I was doing. Like, my wife was like, you know, you could do this. And she would also, like, really, like, be real with me. Like, that's how I knew, like, I mean, you have these moments as you're going throughout life with your spouse where, like, you get reminders, like, that's the reason why you chose this person. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> my yeah. wife, she's just, like, honest as fuck. Like, if there was, like, thing, like shit that I wrote that she wasn't fucking with, she'd be like, ah, that's not it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And so it was just, like, it was just a blessing to have that, you know, especially, you know, while I just lost my dad. Right. Like, know that you're going to keep it straight with me. You know, even though I'm going through shit, like, you're not going to try to butter me up and make me feel good, you know, mm -hmm. even when I'm going through some shit. And just knowing that you, like, you have those kind of people in your corner is everything. But, when I was writing K, like what I noticed was 
I was just so much better at writing. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, before K, like, putting together a song was just fucking impossible. Really? Yeah, it was like, it's, it's crazy as shit because now I could bust out a song and I feel like, you know, majority of the songs that I, you know, come, with, come up with are just like, now I feel like they're good, but I, because I, I feel like through my father's passing, like, I found, like, my purpose in music. I found, like, what I want to do and what I want to talk about and who I want to be and you know, it made it a lot easier for me to go, okay, this is what I want. Because yeah. I'm not talking about females in any of my songs. I'm not talking about doing drugs or selling drugs in any right. of my songs. I'm not talking about any of that shit or glamifying any of it, you know. And, I, and, like, I'm talking about shit that really means something, at least to me, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And from what it seems like since I've dropped it, is it means a lot to a lot of a other lot people. A lot of people, yep. And so that's just what, you know, the process of writing K was was hard, you know. It was really hard because... It took me looking past, you know, my recent, like, very recent, like, current loss, you know, Mm -hmm. and then also, like, coming up with just, like, these songs and just, like, you know, these different things that mean things to me. It was just, it's crazy. And even Last Breath, like, when I wrote Last Breath, what actually made me write that song um, was a video that I, I well, my mom recorded it, but it was a video of my dad. And uh, he was basically, he was just like telling us like that we need to love each other, look out for each other, be there for each other. It's on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just saying like, also like you'll never get, you know, anything out of relationship, you know, work for all these different things. And I could tell he was really doing everything he could, you know, with the time he had left after he announced, he like told us that day he was going to die. And then he was doing everything that he could. I can tell mm-hmm. right then and there to make sure he knew that us being good people and being good to each other and being there for each other was all he gave a shit about. Yeah. You know? And so when we were going through all that, um, that's like, I decided that day, like, I was like, damn, like, like I was talking to my wife. I was like, like, that's the day that I decided to write. Remember was that same day, the day that he told us he was going to pass away. And I literally finished the song, you know, like the song got mixed and mastered, like, it was finished like three days after he passed away. So he didn't even get to actually hear it. So it was Damn. like, that shit hurt. And then Last Breath, what made me write Last Breath was um, the last time I talked to my dad where he was conscious. He was, uh, I was laying down on the bed with him and uh, just like talking to him and just like, you know, asking him questions because I'm just trying to understand how the fuck he's staying so calm, knowing the fuck, like he's, he's going to die in a, you know, a couple yeah. of days. So, or, or weeks or whatever. So. Um, I was talking to him like, man, like, you know, like, I was like, I'm not trying to bring it up. And like, I, you know, obviously, like, I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, but, you know, what's keeping you from being, you know, so like scared of this shit? Like, how are you not like freaking the fuck out? You right. know what I mean? And he was like, you know, Caleb, I've done so much good by people that and, and nobody could take that shit away from me. That's what makes me not scared. And so that is what made me write Last Breath. Mm was remembering that conversation and then also just how everything was going down with, uh, you know, the riots and the protests and yeah. just all that, like, everything. Because my dad, like, me and my dad, I feel like our relationship really got strong after um, a lawsuit that I had with the police department um, and school district at West because um, he fought for me. Like, he fought for me to make sure that, you know, like, when it, when it mattered the most, like, he was there. He showed up to every ACLU meeting mm. that they had. He, you know, was involved. He wanted to do everything that he could to make sure the other kids that were involved with 
the shit that happened there. We got illegally profiled, detained, and I got assaulted. We just didn't get that shit. We didn't get that because I didn't get pictures of any of it before the bruises went away. Damn. And so, yeah, so. You're uh, in high Sorry, you're in high school when yeah, this happens? Okay. Yeah, I was a freshman. And, uh, they, yeah, the cops pulled me aside, like, fucking, like, manhandled me, like, you know, pushed me against a fridge, fucking grabbed my arm and shit. Like, it was just a lot of different shit that happened at that point in time. And then my dad, like, that's when I feel like, you know, we've always been, like, good. But, like, mm -hmm. my dad, like, seeing it, like, I really got to see how much my dad actually loved me, like, by stepping out. Like, he's, like, when there was a meeting, fuck work. Yeah. This is more important. Like, when there was something going on, no, this is more important. Like, and it was just always going back to that. And he made sure that I won that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I could tell he did everything he could, you know, on his end. You know, obviously he wasn't the lawyer, like, you mm -hmm. know, you know, any, anything like that. But he showed up to everything, brought me to everything, made sure I was involved as I could be, even through school and all that. And it just, like, see, like, my dad going to bat for me like that was just, like, you know, that was everything. And so all that being said, like, that's, you know, just how he was with me. Like, I felt like I had to do something for him. And then that's how, you know, coming up with K came about. You know, it was just like, and it like, K isn't even for me. K is for like me and my whole family. Everybody starts with K's. Oh, okay. So like okay. that, like every single person like in the family pretty much starts with the K. And so that's where, you know, the decision of K came about. But what was crazy is my uh, um, engineer was like, why don't you call it K? And then I'm like, that's crazy as shit. Because everybody yeah. in my family starts with a K. And so that's how all that kind of played about. But it's, it, I don't know, it's a trip. Man, you've been through so much shit in your short time on this earth, man. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, shout out to your dad for just, I mean, as a kid, you're so impressionable, right? So, like, you get stabbed in fourth grade. Yeah. Like, you could have just been off on some other shit. Yeah. Right. Or the shit that happens the next year. Yeah. Getting pulled down the road or the shit around your neck. Getting yeah. Beat up by the cops. Like, that's a lot to go through as yeah. a kid. Yeah. Like, much less an adult. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man, you're, uh, man. Yeah, I really got lucky, man. My dad, he, you know, he, shit. It, he made sure that my well-being was his priority, you know? And yeah. Like, he made it very clear. Like, it didn't matter what the fuck he had or didn't have. As long as he knew that, you know, me and my siblings were good, that's all that mattered to him. That's good. So That's good, man. Oh, man, you got me all fucked up over here. Um, <laughs> Look at my bad. Uh, no, you're good. Um, okay, so you put K out, um, you know, have, a, have a, obviously a really good uh, reception from people. Um, I want to get to, I mean, we have what's going on. You know, you lost your, your dad. You have everything that's going on the summer of 2020. You have a fucking pandemic that's still going on. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, through all of this, you maintain your music's doing well. And um, I want you to, to talk a little bit about Utahverse because that was, that was something cool to see from the outside because when we were, you know, years ago, we had put on shows that were similar where we'd get like a bigger venue and have people come through, right? 2008, 2009-ish. But I, I hadn't seen that just as an outsider looking in, being out of the game since around that time, to be honest with you. Yeah. So it was really cool how you had all different artists, um, I mean, all hip-hop artists and R&B, but you were, you were kind of responsible from what it seemed like to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in really 
getting the artists together and and helping put this show on with um damn it i i i just spaced her name angela from yeah. um the complex complex so talk to me about how this opportunity came up and then kind of how you picked who you i mean were you the one who picked who you was going to be on this show or how did that work out yeah, so how that all came about uh first and foremost was so me and bobby had well I had this opportunity to go and meet up with the young OGs, right? Oh, okay. And, those, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to hate on them. Those are my guys. I, I love those guys. To be I was like, oh, man, this podcast. I won't be like Angel. No. <laughs> I was like, this podcast beef and shit is no, dope. I, like, love, it's I love those. I just did an episode with those guys. I really do love them. <laughs> yeah, no, they dope. I fuck with them. Um, so what had happened was, uh, so the young OGs hit me up, and then they were like, oh, you know, like, we want to come and have you by the show now. Like, you know, it's a good time. And then they were also talking about how Dre had talked to them, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, shout out to Dre again. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, and what had happened was, you know, I was like, man, like, like I really want to share this, you know, opportunity to talk, you know, with, you know, Bobby. Mm-hmm. You know, the one feature that I have, you yeah. know, like. And so, you know, I hit up Bobby and I'm like, hey, bro, like, I really would love for you to come and, like, you know, be on this, you know, this show with me. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, oh, like, I don't want to take, you know, the light away from what you're doing. Like, and I'm like, nah, bro, like, you know, any light there is, like, you know, I want that to be, you know, shared with you. Like, right. I was, you know what I'm saying? So I told him, I said, like, let's go, you know, to this show and talk, like, you know, and then, you know, you'll be able to talk about things you're doing, vice versa. And just like, it'll be a good, you know, opportunity to just go and, you know, talk. So we go there, and uh, I didn't even know Angela at the time, but she came to see Bobby perform uh, at the show. So she okay. knew about Bobby and Venu from their song Gatsby. And so, it's fire, by the way. Yeah, right. it's a damn yeah. good song. Yeah. And like, I, I, truthfully, I'm like, I couldn't, I, I never expected that kind of music from Bobby. Like, it was just a trip. And then even Venu, too, like, it was just like insane. Because like, Venu, they're brothers, correct? Yeah. yeah. And B side got some talented ass kids. Yeah. No, really, though. No. And that's <laughs> yeah. what was just crazy was like, like, I never, well, I, like, I don't even think, I think that Gatsby was Venu's first song that they did together. I think that was the first song he did. Wow, and then the first song that they did together, but it was—I think I could be completely wrong. Okay. If I am, I apologize. Um, but that song was just like crazy. It was just dope, and so you know, she had came to see Bobby perform that night, and then she ended up seeing me perform that night alongside Bobby, um, and we ended up having like a crowd, you know, pulling up to come and watch us perform during COVID, which is fucking like, <laughs> it was wild. Um, well, we all know everybody Lonzo was... doesn't give two shits about COVID. We've established that in prior discussions. <laughs> and so we were all like, well, we made sure everybody was masked up, yeah, yeah. sanitized, all that shit, and uh, spaced apart, you know. But it was just like, it was crazy to see that Bobby and I were able to bring all these people, you know, to to this, you know, this podcast show. You know, right. it was just, it was crazy. And so what ended up happening was Angela had... Uh, noticed me there as well and then um, later on reached out to me through Instagram and she was like oh she's like she's like hey you know I wanted to reach out to you um, she didn't even tell me that she seen me then at that point I didn't even know like who she was right. I thought she was like a promoter or something like that I had no clue and so <laughs> she ended up sending me a message and was just like hey you know I'm thinking about putting this show together I don't know if she found out that I like you know created the flyer and tried to like get a lot of, you know, people there. I don't know. Like, I have, I have no clue. I don't know if she knew that, uh, any of that. But 
she reached out and she was like, hey, I'm looking to put this show together at the complex and I would love like to have you be a part of it and just, you know, be yeah. an artist there. And then I was like, like, I was just like, oh yeah, that'd be dope, you know? And so, um, like, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm like, damn, like, you know, I want to help put that together. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to help put that together. And I feel like, you know, this would be a good opportunity to me, like, for me to kind of like follow my dad's footsteps, you know, and Absolutely. help the community yeah. and, and shit, help my peers and help the other people who are trying to do music. And, you know, I mean, I'm in the shit so I can see who's working and who's, you know, who's right. kind of half-assing and who's all, you know, all that shit. So I reach out and I'm like, yo, like, you know, I would love to like help and participate and actually, you know, help put this show together. And so, you know, I was like, whatever I could do to help, like, just let me know. Like, and I was like, I was like, anything you need me to do. I was like, I had, you know, ex- experience with putting shows together with my dad. And so, excuse me. And so, um, I, you know, I was just letting her know, like, you know, I've had experience helping put stuff together. And so she just reached back, you know, and then. I ended up ARing for the, you know, yeah. for Utah verse and then choosing like artists. And it was just like, when I chose it, I was very like, I took all the bias out the picture. You know, it was like, who is like killing this shit? Like, mm-hmm. you know, who's doing hella good right now? Like who's like working their ass off? Like Gabino's one of those dudes that just like that motherfucker grinds. Yeah. Like, I swear to God, like, legit like he's he's one of those people out here for me that's just like he just he just goes you know what i'm saying like he just goes he just i could tell that he works hard as fuck to make the music shit happen for himself you know with like whether it's getting promotion on everybody's podcast or like you know anything like he really like he really like i feel like he separates himself like everybody had a you know it was a reason why i chose who I chose and it was like, but there was a lot of people that I, you know, chose that didn't make the lineup, mm-hmm. you know, but there was just like, it was just, you know, when I chose everybody, like I chose them for specific reasons. Like everybody had a reason why I chose them. And so I would relay, you know, their music and all that. I would create a playlist, you know, and then send it over to Angela. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, yo, like, check this out. Tell me what you think. Like, what do you think about this one? And then, really, she would have the yes or no. So, like, right. before they would even know that they had a chance, she would have been like, you know, yeah, like, we'll go with this person this time, you know, maybe this person next time. or yeah. like. But I'm, you know, presenting all these artists to her, and she didn't even know any of these people existed. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, like, dope to show, you know, the, one of the owners of the complex, like, you know, there's a lot of real talented people out here and there. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are real professional, and they, like, hold themselves, you know, to a standard which is, like, you know, she said that she wasn't familiar with that. Like, she said when she tried doing the local music scene that it kind of, like, it Went didn't, south. yeah, it just didn't mm-hmm. go as great. And so that ended up happening. And then uh, reaching out to the DJs, trying to figure out a day to get both E-Rock and Juggy was fucking insane. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and so <laughs> that was, I mean, it was that. Like, E-Rock has, like, a, a, a big fear of COVID, you know, rightfully so. Yeah. The U92, they unfortunately lost somebody. Um, that they all really care about, you know, rest in peace. Um, and so that was around that time. And then getting, you know, so yeah, getting Juggy and getting E-Rock um, in for that was, that was tough. And then getting the rental equipment for Juggy from the store. Right. Having to go do that. And then getting tablecloths, tables, snacks, like all yeah. these different things. Like, like I had my hand in like everything. And it was just dope because Angela really took me under her wing and showed me a lot. 
And so, you know, I was just, you know, real grateful and fortunate to have that opportunity to, one, help my community and then, you know, also put everybody in a situation where they got to perform. Like, a lot of these people, like, you know, told me afterwards, they're like, man, like, I never thought in my lifetime I'd be able to perform at the complex. And, like, you helped make that shit happen. And it was just, like, it was crazy to me because when I dropped K a year ago, the last thing you I didn't thought think I about you gonna, gonna be at the complex, do, yeah. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was just like, you know, but then again, what was crazy was I like I always like, you know, fantasized the idea of like, man, like, wouldn't that be crazy if I performed at the complex? Just like when things started ramping up. Yeah. As they, you know, and they started going and going, and I'm just like, wouldn't that be crazy? And then it actually happened in the first in the very same first year of all that shit happening. But what was the trip even more so was not even just like performing there but helping put that shit together like it was Mm -hmm. just it was it was a trip like I went in there with like what I thought was experience and I ended up learning more than I did you know yeah you know more than anything I learned more than anything from that experience and it was just dope but um I didn't even yeah I didn't even choose like the lineup or nothing like that like I made suggestions and like some of the suggestions stuck Mm -hmm. um but like it was just a trip because I didn't even choose to be a headliner like or none yeah. of that like nothing like she was but she told me what made her choose to have uh, myself Bobby and Venu headline was because we were the first three artists that really caught her attention. She was like she's like she she said it wouldn't be the way I want it to be. Excuse me. She said it wouldn't be the way I want it to be and the way I feel like it should be if you three didn't headline. That's dope. So it was just like it was just crazy like I. I it was crazy because it was real dope to have, you know, the opportunity to do that because I knew I wasn't going to be picky. I wasn't, well, I was picky, but I wasn't going to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Biased. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to grab all my homies and put all my homies, you right. know, I was going to grab whoever was doing everything they could to make their dream come true. And who was really like, who sounded like, you know, just to make sure it all sounded right together. Like, yeah, it was so much different shit that went into me choosing. So it wasn't like easy. Like, you know what I mean? It was definitely hard because it was like people that I'm like, damn, like, I feel like they should be on this one. But it's like this person's doing this, you know, and then they're also doing what they can on here. And then there was maybe there was somebody that didn't have the following, but they had the fucking sound. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, like this person, you know, it's it's just all that shit came into play. And what was dope was Angela wasn't clout chasing through none of this shit. Like mm-hmm. what was tight is she didn't care whether you have 500 followers, 7,000 followers, whatever you had. Like she was like, if you sound dope and you know what I'm saying? Like, and you working hard, like let's, let's, you know, let's put this person on. And I, and then she would always ask about the artist. Like that was what was dope also. But she was doing what she could to actually get to know the people mm. that were on there or like know of or about them or like, yeah. you know, go and listen to their music and all that. Like, it was just dope to see, like, you know, one to find out that the one of the owners of the complex was a minority. That was like crazy as shit. Yeah. And then, you know, because I wouldn't have, like I wouldn't have guessed that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then uh, let alone a female, you yeah. know, like I was just like, that's dope as hell. Yeah. And so going through that, you know, getting to know her. And um, um, her giving me the opportunity to, like, really step in and just, like, you know, have a say-so was just, you know, it was just dope, man. Yeah. It was just hella dope. And then I got to create, help create the flyer. Like, I was in charge of that, too. And just, like, it was just crazy. Yeah, that is, that is cool. The, the thing that struck uh, uh, stuck out to me 
was you talking about like I could just put all my friends on, right? Yeah. And I think that's that's been the um the problem with uh Salt Lake City, Utah hip hop, right? We'll say Utah hip hop is everyone puts on their own people. Yeah. Usually. 100%. And, and you like it's crazy you we say can that. we can and it's I mean and it and then maybe it's it's changed slightly, but when I was doing shows for those we were doing shows for those four years, um you would see a lot of the same people on the same shows all over the place. And like one, even if you're like I, I respect putting your people on, but your music isn't going to spread if you're yeah. not bringing in different types of people. Hundred percent. So that's one thing that we used to always try to do is like, let's go on a fucking uh a show with like mostly like rock bands or let's go do the like we did some shit with Juggalos once where I thought I was gonna get <laughs> yeah. robbed and stabbed all this. But then they started moshing to I our heard, music. I heard they're hella polite. Like I Angela mean, they may be, but that, that, uh, the ones we fucked with at the time, they they weren't the nicest. But once they heard our music, they were down. You yeah, know? yeah. Angela was telling me that they had a show, like some Juggalo show at the complex, and she was like, they were the most polite crowd of people. <laughs> they didn't leave any trash on the floor, wow. nothing. I was just like, oh, that. I mean, that sounds must you be know. a new movement in the yeah. Juggalo culture because <laughs> it was different back then. Oh wait, bro, it was a lot different. Let's go. Um, all right, new album coming uh, October. Is that the Single plan? Single is going to be coming October. Single. Yeah. When When are you planning on putting out the album? Shit, I am hoping to have it out. I'm hoping maybe January. Okay, so early next year. Maybe, okay. yeah. So I'm going to be dropping singles in between now and then, but I'm excited as hell. That's Yeah, you, you've been talking about how hard you've been working on the album. And, and, you know, I mean, you even said to me, like, I've worked, I've never worked as, as hard as I have on this on anything. Never right? in my life. So what, tell me what you can or what you feel comfortable telling me about the album. You probably have a couple of songs that you're, you know you're sticking with. But yeah. What, what is the recording process like? How many, how many tracks do you anticipate putting on there? Like, what does all that look like? Yeah, so, shit, when I did K, um, I spent a certain amount on making that actual uh, tape. And uh, I've almost tripled what I spent on mm. making that tape on this tape. Okay. And so first and foremost, like I spent way more money making this tape um, and then put way more time into making this tape. And it's just because like I had a lot of people, you know, say like, oh, like when you drop your first tape, like it's kind of hard, like matching that, you know, and especially if it's really good. And then, yeah, you know, and so like, I was just like, nah, fuck that. I'm not going to accept <laughs> that shit. So like, so I made like, 15, 16 fucking songs plus. Like, I made, like, hella songs. And uh, we're dropping it. It's going to be it's gonna be seven songs again. Okay. So I have a reason why I'm doing the seven-song yeah. thing. And I, and one day I'm going to bring it up. Okay, not yet. Okay. <laughs> not yet. You yeah. tell me when we're not recording. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you when we're not. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, there's a reason why I'm doing this seven, you okay. know, song thing mm -hmm. with each tape. But I grabbed the best seven out of the 15 songs that I made. Okay. Um, initially, it was going to be a 10-plus song tape. And then I was like, nah. Like, I, I did the same thing with KK. was supposed to have 13, 14 songs on it. Mm. Um, and that one didn't. And so, I, like, I'm sitting on hella music right now. Yeah. But, like, I don't, I want to control the narrative of all my shit. You know what I mean? Like anytime I drop anything or anytime I drop like my music, 
like as much as I can, like I want to control, you know, that aspect of it. And also just like the direction of where the tape's going. So like with K, like even like in this, the fucking song titles, like it's K the dog on one roll back every day. Remember, I mean, sorry, uh, Pain. Everyday pain. Yep. Yeah. And then it's just like, it's like a story in the, right. the fucking, you know, the titles. Yeah. And so like with, the, you know, with that, like being said, like I've made sure that I've put as much time and attention and actually more into this. And I feel like people are really going to get to experience who the fuck I actually like am. And like, it's just crazy mm. because this tape doesn't sound anything like K. Really? Nothing like zero, like, wow. but it's, but I feel like, like, I know you're not supposed to compare your, your projects and shit like that, but I truthfully feel like sonically and just like, like, you know, you know, like there's a lot of different things, but definitely like sonically, like lyrically, like all that shit. Like I really like did everything I could to make sure that this like tape is fucking considered better. If somebody's going to compare the two, they're going to, you know, say that this tape is better. Damn. So, like, I did everything I could, like, financially, like, yeah. all that shit. Like, even the cover art is fucking insane. Like, the cover art that mm. I have for this next tape, for the, ne- for the next album cover is fucking insane. What's the, uh, so it sounds like, for the most part, it's done. Yeah. It's, so tomorrow, wh- wh- literally, what's crazy is tomorrow is the last day of recording. <sighs> um, and it's... It's the only two other people I have rapping with me. Okay. On the single, so it'll be it'll be similar in the sense of like six songs. Nobody else is rapping with me, but there will be other features. But just they're not going to be rapping. They'll be oh, doing something okay. else. Gotcha. But there's only the same thing as like K. It'll just be one you know song that has actual other Guess people rap like first. rapping or okay. singing. Or, you know what I mean? Like, and then I do also have a song with my wife. Um, on there and oh, it's crazy because what's crazy is like everybody be gassing up their like spouse on like shit they could do or can't do or whatever <laughs> but like my wife can legit <laughs> fucking sing and I'm grateful that I was able to convince her to like wow. sing on a, on a song for me and it's crazy because when I put it in my uh, private listening group that I have it's like five people that I know are gonna rip my ass apart like on oh shit. good yeah yeah and so <clears throat> um, I put it in there and like the fucking praise they gave was just insane. Like, it was just, they didn't even know that was my wife. Man. It was just, like, crazy. Like, I didn't say anything. I didn't want to, like, put it out there to get any, like, scent points or none of that shit. Like, I was just like, I was like, all right, here's this. I don't put the names of anything on there, like, and just, like, like, let them listen to all of it. And then they were like, yeah, this is it. So, like, and so that's what I'm excited for is, you know, this tape is just, it just sounds so different. Like, and there's nobody in Utah that is making music like, what the hell I'm about to drop. Mm. Like, nothing on that tape sounds like anybody that's relevant or, like, it's just crazy. Like, it's, it's like, that's what's making me so, like, you know, excited about its release. And it's just, I got, I got, I, like, I have the same exact feeling that I did when I dropped K. Was like, I cannot wait to release this shit. Like, but I also know there's a way I like to go about releasing and it's just I don't want to do the uh, drop a, like a song or two or three songs a month because mm. like I feel like that really takes away from what the fuck you just released. Like it's just oh, like yeah. you drop a single and then it's like you don't even give people a chance to absorb it. Yep. And then I you agree. drop another song next month and then another song next it's month. Just oversaturation. Exactly. And so it's just I feel like it's just like it's suicide. But like I mean, unless you're dropping like banger after banger after banger after banger. 
But like, even if you, well, I mean, even if you are dropping banger after banger after banger, like you don't give people time enough to absorb it. And so they're just going to be like, oh, this motherfucker dropped something else. Like, and then it's, you know what I'm saying? Like it just takes away. And so that's the reason why I don't drop music like that. I could easily drop music on a monthly basis because I've fucking made, since I've dropped K, I've probably made 20 plus songs. Mm -hmm. And um, I just don't. See, I just don't want like like Dr. Dre was saying in one of the interviews that he had, he was talking about the mystique like of music and just like saying that it's gone. And I feel you know I feel like it's not gone. I feel like there's just very few just, doing it. Yeah, exactly. There's <clears throat> yeah. very few doing it. And then on top of that too, like they're not getting the attention that they deserve. Um, but then again, they are because, for example, Kendrick. <sighs> You know what Bro, I mean? I was and he from, just, a, from a from a uh, phone note that yeah, he put on his website. Exactly. <laughs> and you saw, I saw that you saw that shit too. So I knew you. Would, this would be a perfect example. Yeah. It's just the people that I look up to. They're not dropping music like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's they're not dropping music like that. They're not posting a fucking song like every single week or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And when they are, it's poignant like when they are doing shit it's poignant like they're really trying to like highlight something or a thought or an idea or you know whatever the case is even for example like nip like mm-hmm. nip when he was dropping his music or his tapes like even with this camp they do the same thing i've noticed is they'll promote their brands you know or they'll do certain things around like and create these you know imagery like this imagery yeah. through their words or like you know just this sense of like um you know, this is what it's about. So, like, with the marathon or, like, you know, even with 25-8 with um, Jay Stone, like, all these, like, they're just everybody that I, you know, look to or see doing stuff that I, you know, see a value doesn't drop music on, you know, like, just drop music like that. And so, also, I don't want people to have easy access to me. You know, like, yeah. I don't, and it's not like, because I think I'm better or nothing like that at all. I just, you know, there's only so much time I have in a day. Like, Real shit. Like, it's like, the, if I'm not working 16 hours a day, I'm spending time with my daughter and my yeah. wife, you know, or I'm going and doing uh, uh, music stuff, you know? And then even that's, like, become a thing now where it's like, if I'm going and doing this shit, like, no distractions. Like, mm-hmm. my phone is off. Like, like if I'm working with somebody, like, you know, like, my preference is your phone is fucking off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's because it's like, if we hear, like, let's get this shit, you know, let's work. Right. Plus, you know, is we can have a good time at work, but it's like we if I'm spending time doing this shit, especially because I'm putting so much money towards it, like it has to be taken serious. Because yeah. I can't, ha- I can't wait for somebody else to take me serious, to take myself serious, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that I'm in a situation where you know I have some understanding. And then also, like, um, um, with the tape, I feel like what's going to be different about it, the most is just. The direction I went of it, like it, the direction I feel like I went with this tape was just, I've never seen an artist I look up to do anything close to what the fuck I'm about to do. Mm. So that's, that's why I feel, I don't know. I just feel excited because it's just, there's so much time, thought, energy, you know, resources. And then also like I worked with hella different producers okay. on this tape and it was just crazy to see how it still all meshed like. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. On K, was it the same? Was it one producer or what What did that? It was majority, like, so the majority of the tape was one producer and then okay. there was two songs that had two different producers. So, like, gotcha. there was David Da Vinci um, on, he's the one that produced K. Mm-hmm. And then there was um, uh, Piper Beats. He produced Last Breath. Okay. 
and then there was Juno uh, Donis. He created all the other um, beats for the tape. Okay. Excuse me. Um, Do you have the, any any of those guys working on anything on this one? Yes. Okay. Cool. So yeah, David Da Vinci. He created the first song on the next tape. Okay. Uh, well, the first uh, he created the first uh, beat. Okay. And I actually made it with him too. So like, dope. it was dope because I got to have like hands in on making a beat and shit. So that was fucking dope. That's fun. Yeah, it was dope. It was dope because I've never, you know, I never did that before. Mm-hmm. And so like, it was dope to like sit there with him and we're making this beat from fucking scratch. Like it was just like dope yeah. to have input and just like actually piece something together and then write to that shit. Right. You know, it was just fucking nuts. And so there was that. Um, and then there's uh, Juno's on this one is, again as well. I got Baby Blue on this one. Um, shit, there's a lot of producers on this. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of different producers on this one. Um, and even like the engineer that I'm working with, he co-produced a lot of the stuff on mm. there too. So like he'll go in there and throw his spin on it, which is nice. That is, yeah. Highly cool. recommend buying the stems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend buying the stems all the time. Um, and you know, as far as the tape, I feel like when people hear it, they're just going to be like, and, and like, this is not to be arrogant at all in any way, shape or form. Like, but I really, truly and feel it, like, I really, truly feel like it's going to be, it's going to blow people away. Good. I can't wait, man. Cause I, I, like I told you, I really do love K. So if this is, uh, you know, in your opinion, it's going to be above, I, I'm excited. Thank I'm excited. You, I'm excited. Cause you, you also, you said it's different. Like, I think K is, is perfect. Right. But if you were to do K again, maybe it's kind of like, okay, you know what I mean? K, if I ever do K again, it'll be, you know, like I've, I've thought about that because I've seen people drop like volume one, volume two, like back to back and not like try something different, you know? Yep. And it's just like, like for me, like if I do K again, like it'll be for the same reason it'll be to get myself out of a dark space mm-hmm. like you know what i mean because when i wrote k that's all it was like when i wrote that shit i was like i've never been in that much pain in my life yeah and it still lingers but like there's like those moments that i had writing those songs like i was just alone for majority of them but remember was the only one that i wasn't by myself when i wrote that one i was sitting right next to my wife and i wrote the entire thing like mm. in like an hour and a half like, or two hours or something like that. I wrote the whole thing the same night. I heard a beat right when we got back from uh, the hospital and my dad telling us he was going to pass. And then the first thing I did was I started writing. And then um, I pulled my wife downstairs with me and she started, when I started rapping it and like doing the hook and all that, and I knocked it out, like she just like started bawling. Like mm-hmm. me, like I started bawling, like, and then when I finally got the song sent back to us after my dad passed and just like it was finished and all that, like even my engineer, he was like, bro, like he's like, I'm he's like, I'm not going to play with you. Like, remember, wasn't it for me at first? He's like, but this is like he said, this might be the, the song, you know, on the tape. He said this might be the one. And he's like, I just want to give you a heads up. Also, you're probably going to cry when you listen to it. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. So like that shit, like when I heard it and everybody around me heard it and even my my wife's family and just everybody, like everybody cried when they first heard that song, like every single person. Yeah. So it was I'm, just, I'm telling you, man, it's a it's a powerful, powerful song, especially if you've you. lost somebody that you really love. Like, yeah. And what yeah. motivated me to write that song actually was Atmosphere, mm. the song that he wrote for his dad called yeah. Yesterday. And I was just like, damn, like. I want to do something like this. But my dad was alive when I started the song. Yeah. He was just dead when I finished the song. Yeah. You know, so that was what Crazy. was tough was just like not being able to show him that. Cause I really wanted to show him that 
a lot of the stuff he told me, I'd put it in that song, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, was just letting him know that I'm like always going to think about him and all that. So, yeah, I'm happy he did it though, because that would have been hella sad, Man. you know what I'm saying? And I just, yeah. I don't think I would have wanted him to hear that, you know, in his last couple of days. Right. Like, I mean, he's heard it since, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you always know that you got somebody looking over you for sure. Yeah. But, uh, Man, I'm 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 excited for the album. I'm excited for the single in October. Um, I won't be mad if you want to send me some shit early. I won't release it. I'll listen to it. You know Let's what I mean? Go. But just let me know. Um, we're we're gonna wrap up in a minute. But at the end of all my interviews, I I do kind of like a rapid fire uh, question segment, yep. right? So you can give as much context as you would like. You can give a one word answer. Some of them are gonna need a little bit of context, right? More than one word. And but, can you give me an example, too, just to refresh Yeah, the it? first one's going to be easy. I'll just give you the first one now. And these are going all over. They could be about music. They could be about hoop. They could be about fucking... And uh, I'm just giving a response. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first one, the first one that I always ask people to warm them up, right? You have 24 hours to live. What's your last meal? Oh, shit. Um, collard greens. Damn, okay. Yeah. That's, all right. All right. <laughs> That's the first time I've gotten that. <laughs> okay. That shit is fire. My dad's collard greens is fire as fuck. You've already answered this, but my guy Steady, after he had listened to your music, said, can you please ask him, did he really buy a house at 22? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's fucking crazy, by the way. Yeah. I bought my first house. Uh, our, the house that we're in now was 30. Been there. Yeah, I think I was 30. So anyways... Yeah, it's a trip, man. My dad made sure my credit, he was always on my ass about my credit. Yeah, since I went, when I won the case, he like made sure I went and got like a secured credit card. And yeah. like, like he was always like, this is what was dope about my dad is, uh, well, one of the things he would always fucking hit me up like the day before my fucking credit card payment was due. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, did you pay your credit card yet? Oh, that's good. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Like, and he was like, you need, you need like, you need some money, you need a little bit. And I was like, Fuck yeah! Like if you could help me out with that, that'd <laughs> yeah. be dope. But he always like made sure that shit was straight, so that it was. I wouldn't be in the house that I'm in now without him. So. That's good. That's really good. All right, next question. Um, and there's a there's a gonna be a few answers for this, but uh, give me some of your. Fa- I think I already know, but give me some of your favorite Utah MCs, and these can be old, they can be new, whatever. Um, definitely Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um. And just just MCs or just any artists in general? I guess we could do artists. Yeah, that, that, that would probably help people listening, like not necessarily just hip-hop, but just artists, yeah. Okay. Um, so it'd be Bobby, and then it would be... Hmm. See, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's hard for me to pick features is because it's, it's not that people aren't my favorite or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, when it comes to personal preference and all that, um. So yeah, definitely Bobby. AP. He's one of. Uh, I I just barely found out about a lot of his music. He's dope. Mm, AP. Yeah. I, yeah. I have to check. Okay. Yeah, I just barely found out about him not too long ago. It was uh, Dre put up a review. Fucking Dre. <laughs> he put up a review, and uh, that's how I found out about AP. And then uh, C Valente. Um, I don't talk to him much, but his music is, I, it's real pointy. and I can tell he's trying to go a direction with it every time. Mm. Um, 
Eva. I feel like if anybody's going to blow up in Utah, it's going to be, I feel like if anybody's going to blow up it, like for pop music or like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like Eva's going to be that guy. And I've said that shit since the jump too. Like I call it that shit. So <laughs> when I heard, when I heard, um, I don't even remember how I heard it. It was probably fucking Dre. I say that because we, I give him a lot of love on here. So I'd like to say fucking Dre sometimes. Yeah. But D&D, that song. So I had my boy uh, Emerson Kennedy here yeah. a while back. And afterwards, he was asking us about artists here, you know? And he's like, because he's, he's um, kind of in tune, but not. Because he's doing a lot of other shit on top of his music and his battle rap. Yeah. We talked about you. And then I played Heva's D&D. And he listened to it. And he was like, he goes, that, you, could, you could sell that song right now to fucking Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, that D&D song. And I've shown Heva love. And I don't even know him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that is a great fucking song. Yeah, so, Heva is. I agree. Yeah, Heva, um, I remember when I first um, heard some music from him. And it was crazy because when, so how he did uh, Take You Back, I don't know if you've heard that song mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. That one's personally my favorite. Um, there's a lot that I think are like amazing. But like the reason why I like that one the most is because uh, when we were on the set of Last Breath, mm-hmm. Um, Heva pulled up, Bobby and I were there, and then my engineer pulled up as well, who's been uh helping Mex and Master all my projects. Um he, so he ended up pulling up and then I was like, damn, because um Dylan, he works with a lot of singers and he makes their shit sound great, mm. you know? And I'm like, damn, like I just feel like if Heva got with the right engineer, like not saying who he has who knows been working with is not it, but I'm just saying like if he got with like someone on Dylan's caliber, yeah, like I feel like they could really do some shit, some like some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> what was dope was they ended up linking up because I told him I said, yo, like, hey, y'all should exchange numbers. Like I feel like y'all would really fuck with each other a yeah. lot. And so the first thing that comes from that is take you back. And I was like, I fucking called it. <laughs> I told my wife, I was like, I fucking called it. Like, I knew that that would be a perfect fit would be those two working on shit together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and and it was just dope to see, like, how that, you know, played out. Um, but, yeah, those are, and you were saying top seven, right? Oh, no, just, I said just a few. Just give okay, me a few. Okay, so, yeah, Bobby, Eva, AP, um, and C. Valente. Um, those would be, I feel like the top four for me because okay. all of their music makes me feel a type of way. Okay. You know, like, you know, Heva might be talking about like love music, but he's not talking about like, like straight fucking and just nothing yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. He's like, you know, it's that like that, uh, puppy love, like, right. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's like that early Chris Brown, yeah. you know? And that's why I thought was real dope about that. Um, but it's like a Polynesian version. Like, it's just yeah. like hella dope. Is he is, is Heva from Rose Park as well? Yeah. What the fuck is in the water? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because all you guys are younger. The younger generation, everyone from there is really yeah. dope. That's why we put a rose on the Utah verse. Uh, okay. Um, flyer was Angela wanted to pay respect to the Rose Park artists because we, majority of us, filled up the list. <laughs> And so it was like, but I, I legit was not biased at all when choosing yeah. this shit. Because I gave her, like, hella artists. Right. And she chose who she wanted to choose. That's crazy. And so that's why I thought it was dope, was just like, man, like, it's just, it's a blessing to come from a neighborhood. And I feel like it's because we all have similar struggles and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we all had, I mean, we're all in the same economical, you know, you know, 
environment, you know, and then also like, you know, all of our parents are working one or two jobs right. to fucking make sure we're straight, you know, and so I feel like that's where that comes from. That's mm-hmm. where that stems from is is just, you know, what we're surrounded by our parents, like for sure. Bob, I mean, Bobby, you can easily see, mm-hmm. you know, he's a product of his father. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And B-side, you know, it, you know, I'm sure he's still dope, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he was for sure dope. Yeah. You know, I didn't even know how good his dad was until I went and watched back on some like battle rap videos. And I was like, man, like it makes sense why like Bobby's, you know, I mean, he's, I'm not going to put him in a box to say he's a bar for bar rapper only, yeah, you know, but it makes sense why he's so fucking good at that. Yeah. You know, it's because his dad is fucking great at that, Yeah, you know? And so it's just like, it's just dope to see, you know, that transcend into his son, you know? And it's also like, I mean, Bobby is somebody that I, you know, I respect a ton. Like I fuck yeah. with him a lot, you know? And, uh, Whenever I think of features or I think of, like, having somebody on my shit, like, he always, you know, is definitely one of the first to come to my mind. And, uh, yeah, it was, he won't be on this next tape, Mm -hmm. but he and I do plan on doing a project together. That'll be dope. Yeah. So, yeah, and I feel like it's going to be special. And then, you know, especially with just, like, having this local producer, uh, David Da Vinci, that I mentioned on Mm -hmm. K, um, he'll actually be um, helping me with an entire project as well. So like, and nice. I'm, I'm already working on my third album right now. Yeah. So it's great. That's great, man. Um, you talked about B side first. His, 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 as good of a battle rapper as he was, his album, the be myself and I was really like, it was, it was one of my favorites. Yeah. And I always tell people, I did a episode with Gabino about Utah hip hop. And I said, that's one of the albums that you have to have from the last, you know, I've been listening like, 20, 30 years, right? Well, yeah. 20, 25 years to be I haven't realistic. even heard it yet. There's a song now on I there called, uh, called What's Up, Oos. Yeah. And it was such a hard song. But the album itself is great. Yeah. What's Up, Oos. Like, I would hear that sometimes, even the gym. Yeah. And random people would drive by playing it. Like, this yeah. is 2000 and uh, I think B put that album out 2011, if I remember correctly, or 2010. See, that's I'm probably dope, off on the, on, the, on the years, but yeah, check it out. Good. I, I, I love, uh, love that dude. All right. I said these were rapid fire, but again, you can add context, <laughs> but that's just how this goes. Uh, so you were into uh, basketball growing up. Give me your top three hoopers of all time. Oh, shit. LeBron. Um... And these don't have to be who, who are the best, just your favorite. Yeah, LeBron's easily my favorite. Mm-hmm. Allen Iver- yeah, Allen Iverson and um, Michael Jordan. Mm, love it. I love, love all three of those. Um, Okay, give me two uh, quote-unquote dream collabs for you. Like, if you could pick any artist to do a song with. I already know you're going to laugh like a motherfucker, but Nickelback is one of them. For real? Okay. No, that's fine. (laughs) Hey, hear me out, though. Hear me out, though. All right. I I wasn't expecting. (laughs) Nickelback is one of them. And the reason why is I feel like that shit will blow the fuck up. Yeah, okay. And I grew up listening to them with, you know, my mom playing them in the car yeah. and stuff like that. So, like, that's where, you know, part of it's from, too. Okay. Um, but I, I just truthfully feel like if they did a, like how you 2 and uh, Kendrick. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just feel like if I did, you know, something like that, I, it would have to obviously 
be put in a way where it could work. Sure. But not I like a like, fo- not like photograph the remix. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. But I just feel like <laughs> that shit would just I feel like it would go crazy. Okay. And I love that. I I was not expecting that. Like that was the furthest <laughs> one of the furthest things I had I thought you would say. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was like, nobody ever expects that shit. But that's like number one. Okay. If I was to put like a list of like hello artists together, yeah. Like I'm telling you, I'd have the most random fucking tape, mm-hmm. but I know it would sound good because yeah. I wouldn't rest until it did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but that would be uh number one. Number two would be um uh, probably Alicia Keys. Okay. Yeah, it's a tie between Alicia Keys and um um, Erica Badu. Ooh, yeah. Okay, I love that. Um, okay, so I know uh, just from hearing you on other podcasts, um, again following you on Instagram, you're a big reader. So give me one book that you would suggest that everyone at some point should read. One Minute Manager. One Minute Manager. Yes, sir. Um, and the reason being is because that book I feel like helped me a ton with my marriage and just my relationships in general. Okay. Um, and also when I'm trying to get my point across, um, it definitely helped a ton with when I was a manager with, I mean, just communication in general. Um, that book I feel like is hella important because gotcha. I feel like if people had those three tools, mm-hmm. um, I feel like every conversation they'd have. I mean, not every, because you know some people like can't have a normal conversation, but <laughs> but probably eighty percent, you know, got you of the conversations would result in I feel like a, you know, even even situations that you know are in conflict, I feel like they would end peacefully. Got you. I have a. I always give a gift usually, right? So let me get this gift. Oh, for real. I, I do know you love Please books. I know you have a. a oh, look <laughs> yeah, I'm like, ah, never mind. I ain't got <laughs> He's like, here's but, a t-shirt uh, on my th- back. <laughs> this is one of uh, um, one of my favorite authors. Now, his name's Shea Serrano, and he does a lot of really good shit. He was a school teacher for years. He is one of the um, like when you talk about like hip hop historians, he's a guy who can talk about any album from any era. And this is, so this is called the rap yearbook, right? And he'll, he puts together, uh, it goes from, I mean, the beginning to 2014. He wrote this in 2014, or 2015 is when he wrote it. So 2014 is the last year that it has. But the most, um, quote unquote, important song of that year. And it might, like, and the way he breaks it down is, is very interesting as to why it was the most important song. Like some of the songs you would look at and be like, why is that the way it is? But just something to like thumb through if you're yeah. just bored. Or you're wanting to learn more about like the old school shit all the way up to 2014. But he's a funny motherfucker too. Like Man, if you ever get talk. into some, if you ever have like 10 minutes and you're bored, just look up some of his shit. Cause he's a funny, funny dude. He's from out of San Antonio. And I appreciate this a ton, yeah. bro. Like for real, like books are like, I, I've said this to my wife and I said this to like people that I know. Um, books I feel like are the best possible gift you can give somebody mm. especially it shows that you care about the the person's you know yeah um you know mental and it also shows that you you know like it's it's just man I just feel yeah I'm really grateful bro yeah like for really sure. like this sure. means a lot to me thank yeah. you yeah and it's, and I mean obviously you don't got to go home and read it but just thump through it oh, that, I'm going to read time. it like it's good it's good and every he, book that's been recommended to yeah. me I've read <laughs> the way he writes the way he writes is it's it's like the thing I really love about Shay is it's like you're in a it's like you're in a room talking to him 
You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how he that's how he writes his shit. And the, the forward is by Ice T, which is like funny, anyways. But this is the dope. I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, bro. I really appreciate you, yeah. bro. Thank no you. No problem. Yeah, Hell absolutely. Yeah. All right, next question. Your favorite movie? Shit. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Ooh, that's a fucking tearjerker too. Yeah, All I right. love that shit. <laughs> um, favorite place to eat in Salt Lake? Oh shit. Um, Pretty Bird. Oh, okay. I, I, think, I haven't I been yet. I, yeah. think that's, I think that's what it's called. Shit. Uh, yeah, Pretty Bird. <laughs> okay. You're like, I don't know. I just go and I order the same yeah, shit. Yeah, I'm like, fuck. Uh, <laughs> but I went there once, and I just, I haven't fucking made time to go back down there again. They close at, like, open at a certain time, close at a certain mm. time, and I just fucking work so much now that I haven't been able to do it. Got you. But they're bomb. It's okay. bomb as fuck. Yeah, I still need to check them out because I haven't. I've seen the posts, I've, you know, but I just haven't. Lunch haven't. next week? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Friday? Let, yeah. All right, let's do it. Uh, last question. You on the spot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm free. Let me check my fam cow. No. Oh, <laughs> my shit. wife doesn't use it, so I wouldn't know if we had plans anyway. Let's, uh, let's go. Okay, so I, I ask everybody this question, and this is a question that I'll end on. Um, but you're booking your dream concert, all right? So you have four acts that you're going to have on this show. They can be dead or alive, group, uh, you know, individual uh, artist. Who are you booking? Oh, shit. And this is Dead or Alive? or yeah, just- Anybody. Yep. Dead or Alive. I mean, you you know, um, if you want Nickelback to headline, you can do that. <laughs> no, yeah. I wouldn't have them there. <laughs> Let's go. It would be shit. It would have to be a rap concert, first and foremost. And then I would obviously have, you know, um, Nipsey, mm-hmm. Tupac. Um, shit. Lauren Hill. Mm. And I would also have. Damn, that's tough. Last one I feel like has to compliment the others. Um, Andre 3000. Mm. Okay, perfect. Perfect. I feel like that would be an insane fucking yeah, show. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that yep. would be crazy. That would. I think that would be fucking amazing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, when we get to heaven, shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have whatever concert you want up there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, um, you know, let the people know where they can find you. Also, if there's any um, last thing you want to say. Now's the time for that. Yeah, man. I appreciate you a ton for having me on. And thank you again for the gift. It really means a lot to me. And, you know, I appreciate you and what you're doing for the community and giving everybody a voice. Um, Yeah, man. Like, your podcast is fucking dope. Thank you. Like, I enjoy it a ton. (laughs) And I was also going to say... Thank you for also, like, helping me out with that flying shit. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I appreciate you. Hey, real talk, bro came in clutch. He made some suggestions and shit, and I did take all of them, too. Yeah, perfect. And, uh, yeah, I was able to fucking fly my ass to Hawaii without having a panic attack. So, thank you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah, go. no problem. But, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's uh, where you can find me at. You can find me on any, uh, you know, platform in terms of music except for SoundCloud. Um under K-T-H-A-D-A-W-G. And then um, on, you know, Facebook, I have a page. Instagram is where I'm the most active. Um, I have a Twitter, but I haven't used that, you know, in a while. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's where you can find me. Dope. And I'll have links to your, you know, 
to your album and all that in the podcast description as well as your Instagram. So, all right, man. Well, I appreciate you. Appreciate Thanks for your you. time. Peace. Peace. Okay, that is it for the day. Thank you guys uh, for listening to the K the Dog interview. I hope you enjoyed it. Go check out his music. I put all of the links within the podcast description. Really good guy. Really good dude. Um, someone to get behind. And hopefully, you know, you could say you were a fan of his early on when he does reach that pinnacle that he's going for. All right. So next week we have the NFL preview pod. Look forward to that. Until then, feel free to subscribe, rate, and review where you can. Follow the pod on Instagram at the Will Wonder Pod and follow me on Twitter at DJ Will Wonder. See y'all next week. Peace.